hot rumors in the city of Toronto. Ooh. Ooh. They were happening a little bit over the weekend, the Damian Lillard rumors, the buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it got red hot yesterday. It's toasty. Yeah. Mark Spears dropping the, I got two executives, boys and girls. Two executives. <laughs> Just one. Oh. <laughs> He's a professional. He will show up and play. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Damian Lillard rumors. I'm going to talk about him with Will Liu uh, in a couple of minutes. Basically go over my thoughts, want to get his, just whether we think this is really happening, what this says about the direction of the Raptors, what the trade could even look like, and whether it makes the Raptors a contender. Why is all this happening now? Well, we'll cover basically every square inch of the Damian Lillard stuff. But first, I have just a couple quick things from last night's football games. Before that, so everybody knows, like, you're not supposed to call after what? Like 11 o'clock at night, unless you're a younger person? Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably 11, the cutoff. Yeah. It's like 11. 10 is kind of... 11, ele- yeah. Like 11 t- is after that, it's definitely no. Absolutely not, 10, yeah. Between 10 and 11 is kind of a gray area. Like if it's area. important, then... 10, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Type yeah, of thing. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can call me after 10 because yes, I'm up exactly. watching sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'll have kids in bed. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you're not going to call, say, your boss yeah. at 10 o'clock with two kids. Yeah. yeah. Just to ask him a, a question that could be answered over an email. That's yeah. an email one, right? Yeah. What's what's the beginning time for you of a text in the morning? Because I feel like oh. there's a there's a broken part of society right now. <laughs> and I normally I put my phone on silent. But I've actually been trying to get out of silent mode a little bit more recently because I feel like we've gone too far. Silent <laughs> mode was a good thing to have mm-hmm. as a society when we were operating from a... Everyone's at home for the pandemic. We're all on our phones constantly. We need some type of reprieve, some type, anything, any type of reprieve from the incessant buzzing of our cell phones. So lately I've been trying to get into the habit of using my phone like a phone again, Mm. where people can actually get a hold of me, where if they call me, it doesn't just go straight to voicemail, where I don't check my phone later and go, oh, um, I had... Two missed calls yeah, because my phone was texts. on silent, even though I was doing nothing, nothing yeah. important, nothing that your I, phone was just I couldn't down. have. Yes. <laughs> Can't live your whole life on silent mode. Right. That's what I'm saying. So sometimes now when I've been going to bed, I've been forgetting to put it on. And I'm asking, what do you think is the most, what do you think is the appropriate time to send a morning text? Because I have friends who are early risers who mm. I think are violating this rule in an aggressive manner. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to some, like, I'm not a good test case for this because I work nights normally. But like, that's I'm my normally point. What, going what bothers like you? But what bothers you when you get one? Okay, because you're, oh, you're saying it's yeah. like, it'll bother you if you get one at 930. Correct. No, yeah, you're up. <laughs> good night. Good okay. night, Simon. Joe, also not a human being, like high school kid who I, walked you, into this job. Usually it's 8 a.m. 8 a.m.? 8 a.m. is the earliest that I'll text someone about something that actually, like, requires an answer. Will you wait till 8 a.m.? Yeah. Armin? I usually wait. No, didn't turn his mic on. Didn't turn his mic on. Classic he's just, Armin. He's just like, moving his mouth. He's just like, I know how to work the board. And then it's like, do you know how to turn your mic on? He's like, oh, yeah. And then it's ask him a question, and no voice will be heard today from Fight back, Armin. Armin. You're going to try one more time. You get one more shot at this. 
Anytime after go. 6 a.m. once a month. No, that's crazy. 6 a.m. That's what I'm saying. Guys like you got to go to jail. See, we I get... wake up at 6 well, and I, I wait until 8. I don't expect your phone to be right under your no, pillow. No, no, no. no. <laughs> see, see that, that's, that's, this, is, this is blaming the victim. <laughs> this is victim blaming. That's victim blaming what you just did. I'm asleep in my bed. I'm asleep in my bed. And here's the thing, too. I'm a bad, I'm not a good fall asleeper. And then I always have one wake up. I, I can't get one of those watches that tells me, hey, how you slept? Because I just know it'll haunt me all day long. <laughs> all I'll be thinking about all day is how poor my sleep is. Those morning, that morning hour or two hours that I get is critical for my survival, okay? Critical. And so today I had a friend who messaged me at 6.45 in the morning and it, and it woke me up. And it was for nothing. It was, I'm going to the baseball game tonight. And he was like, hey, I think my girl might come too. I was like, okay, okay, this is what, uh, all right, cool. Didn't need this. Didn't need this information. So, yeah, I I think that we should basically say it's 10 o'clock at night with the rare exception. Mm -hmm. And it's 8.30 in the morning. With the rare exception, the other way. Eight thirty is fine. If if you know someone is waking up, where like if it's Ennis, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I know he's doing the morning show, or you have a friend who's a construction worker. Yeah, where yeah. you yeah. can you can fire that away. But for the rest of you know humanity, civilized people, eight thirty, eight thirty, eight thirty a.m. Not eight a.m. Mm. Too early. I usually get to work at eight. Eight, That's is, why I say eight, eight. eight is eight is a. What's this, the problem that we need solved right away? Because mm, I just want to ease into my coffee. I want to read my phone. I want to be able to think a thought before I have to be interrupted by another human being. And All again, right. if you're a victim blamer like Armin saying, well, don't check your phone. <laughs> that's not realistic. That's not realistic, man. That's not a realistic position. That's not a realistic position. Anyway, enough. 8.30 a.m., Let's all get on the same page. Unite hands. We can make this happen. Together we are strong, okay? (laughs) Now, football. Only two real things from last night. Number one is Joe Burrow's just not healthy. I don't know what what else we need to see here. He can't move. He can't roll out of the pocket. He looks like a statue when he's standing back there. Mm -hmm. They were lucky to score that many points last night. And thank goodness for that Joe Mixon touchdown because... Yeah, it was just great defensive performance from the Bengals. They needed that defensive performance. But this is now one of the biggest stories in football. These guys were, by many people's accounts, the number one team in football heading into the season. And we kind of disregarded. He had that calf injury early in training camp. Mm -hmm. It was early August because I was still in BC. Yeah. And it was, oh, Joe Burrow goes down with an injury. And I went, oh, no, this changes the entire NFL season. This sucks. No one wants to see one of the premier players in the game go down in the peak of his prime with the peak weapons that he's probably going to have in his career. And then it was reported later. Oh, Hey, he actually avoided major injury and he went, phew. Then he didn't practice. Then he didn't play. You went, Oh yeah, they're being overly cautious. It's fine. We're still going to see the same Joe Burrow. No, and that's three weeks where he's not the same guy. He claims afterwards that he didn't re-aggravate the injury, which whatever that means, mm-hmm. re-aggravate where you're at right now, Joe is just, it's, it's not good enough. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals are not contenders with that quarterback in the pocket. Mm. And so they've got these two games coming up against the Titans and the Cardinals. I, I think you sit them. I think you sit them and you try to give them two weeks. You, mm-hmm. you try to find a way to be able to win these two football games. I know the Cardinals are scrappier than we think. The, the Titans are well coached. But if they're going to have any hope when they hit this like meteor part of their schedule where it's Niners, 
Bills, Ravens, Steelers. That's all in a couple of weeks. If we want the Cincinnati Bengals to be contenders, Joe Burrow, they're going to have to try and take an approach. Mm -hmm. The problem is, yeah, can you stay alive when you dug yourself this hole to start the season? I was shocked that they had him throw it like 49 times. He didn't look good. He went 26 or 49. Yeah, I I couldn't believe, like, I was just, I assumed that it would just be like a heavy dose of mix. I know. It could. (laughs) Yeah. It was nuts. It was crazy. It was almost like they were stress testing him. I know, it was like, weird. Like, hey, just let's see how much you can do. And the entire time he couldn't do anything. It was very weird. It's, it's almost two months to the date now that he, since he originally yeah. injured the calf. So it was July 27 when he was carted off the field. So now we're at exactly pretty much two months. First week it was, hey, we were rusty because yeah. Joe didn't practice. Yeah. Yeah. Second week it was, maybe he's a little bit more hurt than we thought. Third week is very clear. Joe Burrow is hurt. Yeah. This is not the quarterback that we're used to. This is not a premier player in the game. He he genuinely, like, if I had to rank him in the NFL right now, that version of him, it, it would not be in the top 15. Mm. I, I don't want that version of Joe Burrow. I'd rather have my guy, Josh Jobs. I was about to say, <laughs> I was just say, who'd you rather have? Yeah, I was going to say, one calf Joe Burrow or two calves Dak Prescott. Still one calf Joe Burrow, I would say. Anyway, the second part is that, Man, the Eagles' rushing attack is just, it's, it's all the way there already. The, I think they could put basically any running back in there. They're the worst thing to happen to running back salaries in the NFL <laughs> oh, right sure. now. For yeah, sure. Yeah, it's are. brutal. It's just they got DeAndre Swift shows up. Did you see his dad? Did you watch that part of the game where they showed what his dad looks like? I didn't no. see his dad, no. Oh, yeah. Armin, you see his I dad? I saw a video on Twitter. No? I didn't catch it. Okay, so none of you guys watched the game. I got it. Oh, I watched, oh, I watched <laughs> like, the game. I his dad is a beast. Yeah. He runs a gym. He's massive. They could put his dad in there 100%, and he's getting yards. There's a clip of him working out last week, and yeah. he's just He's a monster. Yeah. He is a monster of a man. Anyway, I, I don't know how you can pay running backs when you can have an offensive line like that that gets that kind of push. The end of the game, the Bucks make it a two-score game, and I'm just hoping for the backdoor... Stats for my props. <laughs> I needed 20 Chris Godwin yards yeah. for a parlay to hit. Yeah. And I went, oh, nice. We're going to get over 53 and a half, I think. Yeah, it was, right? I need 20 yards. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, good garbage cut. And then, no, the Eagles <laughs> just run the ball down your throat, nine minute drive. That's a Super Bowl winning team. I will say this kind of like Baker. A lot of drops from him yesterday. Uh, I, but I, the poise was good, looked solid, kind of kept them in there early, no mm-hmm. running game. That defense really let him down. His teammates let him down. But Baker's looking solid this year. I, I buy, yeah. yeah, buy a little sprinkle of Baker stock. Got to say. But yeah, Burrow, that's the major story from last night. Yeah, you, you can't have that be Joe Burrow and expect to compete and expect to, yeah, be anywhere close to where you were. And I do think those Bengals whites, those uniforms, are are they the best in sports? They're, I mean... Like Jamar Chase, if you could say, like, what's the hottest jersey that you could buy a number one Jamar Chase white Bengals jersey. Mm-hmm. Is With that the helmets? It? I'm going to say yes. the helmets. This is like active so jerseys we're talking yes, about. Yes, right now. No, 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 not yeah, throwbacks. Yeah. Active jersey right now. You can't pick like a, yeah, a, a throwback. Active jerseys, yes. There's oh, I'll take so the much. Dolphins white over it. Dolphins white. The Dolphins white. Over Armin, the, tig- the white tigers? Armin has some of the like most out of left field takes like out of it. anyone that I've ever heard. Anyway, all right, <laughs> let's move on because, yeah, we've got more important things. We've got bigger fish to fry. Damian Lillard rumors again. Mark Spears saying multiple insiders have said the Toronto Raptors are the front runners. Two executives have told the Hall of Famer Mark Spears that the Raptors are in the lead. I'm confused by a lot of this. 
part of it feels the least confusing. Let's talk to Will Lou about it. Host of the Raptor Show with Will Lou and now Blake Murphy and Alex Wong. What's up, brother? How are we doing? What's going on? Uh, this, pretty much this. I've been thinking about this now for like 48 hours, almost inter- uninterrupted. You? Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my life. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. More than 48 hours. Yeah. But the thing is about this one is I keep... Like, I keep trying to figure out why the Raptors would be so heavily involved in this. And my initial thought went to, okay, maybe they're just being used here, right? This is a notoriously quiet front office. And then Grange comes out and backs it up, right? And says they're very much in the mix. And basically every single insider does. And so you got to think that the interest is real. I guess let's just start with this. How intrigued are you? And is there like a larger part of you that hopes this happens? A smaller part of you? Where, like, where are you at with this today? Honestly, selfishly, you know, having to do, uh, you know, this is my full-time job. and Ooh, uh, for the content. You know, You're, you've become a full-time content, content guy. You just, for the content, you want it. Okay, got it. Selfish. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it'll add a lot of spice to the season. It'll mm-hmm. add a lot of reason to tune in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tune in regardless, and, yeah. and the job will be the same yeah. regardless. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's an on-court fit that's, like, very obvious, right? The mm-hmm. Raptors have massive issues with shooting. They mm-hmm. don't have playmaking um you know and you don't have a crunch time guy and Damian Lillard instantly solves all three of those uh problems for you like he's coming off a season where he averaged 32.2 points per game went to the free throw line 10 times a game shot 11 threes per game and made four of those uh averaged 7.3 assists like it was one of the best seasons of his career his true shooting percentage is like 65 percent and he scored 32 points a game he came off a, a year where he had a 70 point game you know, I mean, like it's just thinking about that as a basketball fit within this ro- like this roster. It, it does solve a lot of things. I don't think how, anybody would be not excited about adding a player of his caliber. But obviously, it's really just about what price it comes down to, and you know, it doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, that's where you, when you really start to pull at it, you're like, all right, like you know, the age that he's at versus the age of the rest of the group. You know, how competitive that is the rest of the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts to get a little bit less sexy uh, after you sort of dig into it a little bit more. But I mean, ultimately, like, what am I going to say? No, like he, well, if you join the Raptors, you'd be like one of the five best players to ever put on a Raptors uniform. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So how could you not get excited for something like that? I think you would be excited by it. It would be impossible not to be. Plus, he's just he's one of those unassailably cool players, too. Right. Like yeah, yeah. If, if you could pick five guys in the NBA where you'd say, like, it would be so cool to get to root for this guy. And he's just bulletproof, essentially, from a hate standpoint. He's he's one of them. He's he's one of the coolest five guys. He might be the coolest guy to root for. A big part of this that I hated from the Portland standpoint when he asked for the trade in general was, yeah, fine. I kind of want to see Dame on a contender. But, man, to have that player be one of your guys, if not your franchise guy over the course of a career, that's a, that's a tough blow for those fans. I, so uh, everything you said is right. This clearly makes the Raptors spicier. This clearly would give them a top tier player. But the thing that you didn't mention in those statistics in the last two years is that like, you got to combine the two seasons to basically get to a full year. This is someone who's dealt with some calf injuries over the last couple of seasons. He is 33 years old. He is on a huge ticket and you got to take pieces out. And, And the part of it to me that I guess I'm having the biggest difficulty understanding is what a trade package looks like where the Raptors don't feel completely depleted. Because the difference with this and the Kawhi trade is that the Raptors were really deep when they traded for Kawhi, right? They were, I don't know how many wins they had the year before. I don't have that one off the top of my head, but they were one of the top teams. Yeah, 59 wins. Like that's, what were the Raptors last year? They were 500, a game over 500, right? Like, 
it just, the parameters of this seem so different. And so to me, it's like, all right, if you trade for Dame, my understanding would be that you definitely keep Schroeder, Barnes, Siakam, and Pirtle. So are those five guys, that core with what, we, what could be a hodgepodge of a bench, is that a contender? Because I think that's the first question the Raptors need to ask themselves. Yeah, of course. No, again, that's, that's completely reasonable. I mean, look, th- there are some comparisons to the Kawhi situation in the sense that, you know, there's a star player asking out and they want to mm-hmm. go to a warm, you know, weather climate and, you know, they're pretty much demanding only to go there, but then the Raptors intercept and all that. I mean, like that, but that's where kind of the comparison ends. I mean, I think that the Kawhi trade is so special in that sense where, um, you know, y- you added a player pretty much at the same position as the one that you traded off, you know, obviously trading DeMar for Kawhi. It's like basketball-wise, it's actually quite clean in terms of tr- trying to, like, reorient the rest of your team. You got a lot more depth at that time. You know, I have no arguments against all of that. Like that, that was a much more ideal, no-brainer trade to make versus this one, which is much more complex. Um, I mean, I think uh, you would have to think about what the rest of the Eastern Conference looks like, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you start with the fact that if you re- maintain, you know, Pascal and, and he's your number two to Dame Lillard as a top two in the Eastern Conference, is that not really, really damn good? Like, we, we're talking about Pascal, who came off of a what twenty-four nine and six kind of season mm-hmm. you pair that with with damian lillard like it, it makes a lot of sense uh as a top two you know you compare that to a lot of teams in the eastern conference um that at least puts you in the conversation right like mm-hmm. at least the raptors probably won't be you know scrounging to to get into a play-in spot rather than um you know just what they've been the last couple of years and I think it is a direct upgrade based on sort of the roster they currently have. Like, you know, the reality version of the Raptors in terms of who's actually on the roster, it's like maybe we'll start Dennis Schroeder and and he can build off of his World Cup momentum, which I do believe there is a little bit. But, you know, I think we've also seen what he looks like as a starter in this league. And then also the other one is like, well, we could try Scotty Barnes and, and, and give him the point guard position. And let him run with it. And if he if he really succeeds, then the Raptors succeed. If he really fails, mm-hmm. then there really is like just very little baseline on that. So I think there is that basketball fit that comes in, um, adding Dame to this 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 group. But it, it is not a slam dunk like like it is with the Kawhi trade. Like when that happened, I mean that that was like, I mean you, you didn't know it was going to end in a title because there's no guarantees like that. But you knew the Raptors had had gotten away with the steal. This would not really be a steal in my opinion. Yeah. No. Um. Here's the part of it that. I would argue in their favor is like Miami's offer was essentially what hero, uh, the Lowry salary hero and two picks. Yeah. yeah. Hero, that's two picks, the Lowry nothing. salary and Jovic, right? Like that's the, Hey, we would throw in Jovic. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. How much more would you have to pay if you're the Raptors? Like I'd rather have OG and an OB than Tyler hero. And, and I maybe not yeah. everybody agrees with that, but I would like that's just uh, like OG at this point, a premier defender in the NBA, somebody who can hit a three. Uh, yeah, fits the timeline for Portland. It also fits with just like what they're trying to build more. If you're trying to give the ball to Scoot, I don't know why you really want to bring in Tyler Hero to that team. And it doesn't seem like they're overly enamored by him. Now you add just the idea that they love Grady Dick. You're talking about a lottery pick. If I'm the Raptors, yep. how much more do I need? To add here, the issue again comes down to the salaries. Like if I'm Toronto, I don't want to have to give up Gary Trent. Like we're saying that the Raptors can't shoot. And you're going to remove some of the shooting. You're going to remove some of the depth. Okay. But if you try to cobble right. the rest of it together, it's like you got to add like five guys, right? You got to throw in Boucher and Thad. And, uh, you know, it's basically a four or five for one or two, depending on if you take back like a Keon Johnson type contract. Like 
it kind of feels like they would need a third team in here if it makes sense for the Raptors. But that's the part I like is I don't understand why the Raptors would have to give up multiple extra first round picks in order to make this deal. If the best thing that Miami's being offered is yeah, a couple of crappy Miami picks and a player they don't want. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's the situation, right? Like you're not giving up um, your best player in Pascal Siakam. You're not giving up your best future player in Scotty Barnes. At that point, I'm very willing to have a conversation about this. It does feel a little bit like the price is right um, in terms of just, mm-hmm. yeah, the situation is good. Like, you're not actually trading for Dame, even though you're trading, you're getting a peak Dame in terms of he's still, I mean, we could talk about the age, but he's still at, at peak production. Also, I, I would push back a little bit on, like, just Damian Lillard being, like, uh, you know, older and his body breaking down. I just don't think that's happened. Like, he had the one season he actually missed time mm-hmm. was two years ago where he finally took time to like get surgery on. I think he had like an abdominal issue that he was suffering he for like four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then the Portland tanked the rest of that season. So he only played 29 games. But before that, I mean, he played 82 games, 82, 82, mm-hmm. 75, 75, 73, 80, 66 in a 72 game season, uh, 67. Um, so like basically he he's played like 90% or above for his entire career. Yeah, and then this 20s. past season, the reason he only played 58 is because, well, I mean, even recently, the only reason he played 58 this past season was because Portland tanked the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Right, I, So it's not like he has any lingering issues or even any major surgeries to speak of. I would hope so. My only thing is that if you're not a deep team, like the Raptors would not be, they, they can't do the Kawhi thing where they say, hey, we're going to rest you for a bunch of games. And I, and I know the NBA is moving away from this, but yeah, if you're the Raptors and you do this, like, I, I don't know how many games you're going to win if you have to rest this player or if you lose one player to an injury, who's coming in for you? Essentially, like, the, I would want to do this deal if I'm the Raptors, if I can dump the Boucher, Thad Young contracts and then OG, Grady Dick, and maybe a pick and you're saying we're calling yeah. it a day. Like, but I, that's I'm all not we're here in this. the ballpark when we, when we do that. Right. It's just which that. kind of nuts. Which is that, that kind of trade, I'm saying, yeah, I think you kind of have to do that. When you start to get yeah. into OG, Grady Dick, having to put in Gary Trent Jr. and then multiple picks. The reason why that math doesn't add up for me is I look back and go, okay, so wait, a couple of months ago, the Raptors weren't going to trade OG and an OB for what? Two or three first round picks? Yeah, three. Three. Okay, so three first round picks. Grady Dick is a lottery pick. So now we're at four first round picks. Now you're going to what? Add two first round picks to this thing potentially, plus lift the protection on Jacoperto, which is not that big of a deal. It's like, yeah, all right. You're, you better not be a bottom five team next year. That'd be a pretty big nightmare. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're realistically now in the ballpark of the Raptors would be trading away a lottery pick and five to six first round picks for 33 year old Damian Lillard. That just seems a little steep to me. That seems a little out of, yeah, this, I mean, this, this seems here, much. Here's the thing though. I, I understand that. I understand that OG could have been moved for three first round picks, but I mean, objectively, we have OG Anobi, not the three first round picks. 100%. And if we move forward, we're going to be paying OG Anobi close to a maximum contract. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And are we going to give him the opportunity where he can even meet up to that level of production or that level of pay? Right. And so that's where, you know, yes, you could look at it as three first round picks. Maybe Portland even reroutes them to a third team and gets those picks mm-hmm. back in their favor whatever they want to do with that situation is fine but it really just comes down to like how much the rest of the nba values a guy like og because again like if you put an og in this deal and you put grady dick in this deal i don't really see why the raptors even need to put more than one extra first round pick in this that's what i'm saying if at all you know what i mean and so i i agree with that but 
I think I think that's where you know for a team like Portland or whichever team wants to get OG at the end of this thing, like they have to look at it like you know what kind of opportunity are we getting here? Like I think there is still this like lingering um, optimism with OG. Like maybe he can become a star. Maybe it's like a you know Mikel Bridges situation where mm. he was a role player for a winning team with other players around, but then if you give him his own team, he can then scale his production up just like how Mikel Bridges went from like you know a, a solid fifteen to eighteen point guy to like. You know, this guy's giving you multiple 30-point games mm-hmm. uh, at towards the end of the season in, in Brooklyn. Like, there is a little bit of that optimism with OG. Like, if he got his own situation, whether that's in Portland, whether that's somewhere else, where that could happen. And so teams might be trading for him, sort of believing that he's on the cusp of, of stardom. Regardless, I think the market is going to pay OG and OB close to the maximum contract. So if the Raptors mm-hmm. don't ultimately move off of him in, in a deal like this, you're going to have to end up paying that kind of production. And then at that point, it's like, all right, then what, then what is this team? You know what I mean? So I think that's also one of the maybe um, uh, tempting parts about this potential trade is like it's like an off-ramp. Like the Raptors have missed several off-ramps on this journey to kind of this 500 team. But like this is one of those off-ramps that kind of look exciting. You know, it, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, Wonderlands at the end of this thing. I'm like, <laughs> comparing Portland to Major McKenzie or something. I will say that it's definitely more exciting than the idea of removing Siakam and getting back a bunch of mishmash from yeah, Atlanta. Exactly. Like, it's yeah, way, exactly. It's, yeah. it's like, what do you want to watch next year? The mishmash from the Hawks or Damian Lillard? That's that's a no-brainer. I, I think basically mm-hmm. we're in the same spot of you, you cannot – Re- drastically overpay in this trade. You can't have this one where you look at it and go, wait, so you gave up OG, you gave up Grady Dick, you gave up multiple first round picks and you threw Gary Trent into the steal. Like I, I, that, that doesn't work for me. If you can make it OG and you can make it Grady Dick and salary fillers getting off of Boucher, uh, Thad Young, and they're willing to do a trade like that. I, I think that, that you're considering it. Um, here's the only other thing though. And this is these, these two things kind of mixed together when we're talking about like the off ramps and the missed opportunities, Mm-hmm. where's your level of concern with a month ago, they're talking about potentially moving Siakam They're after a deadline where they were talking about shipping out players. And now all of a sudden it's yeah. shifting to no, 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 actually we want to be a contender. Like it, it, there, there feels like a little bit of a lack of direction here. If we could put it that well, way. It's very funny because even in this scenario with Portland, you know, our time of the draft, Portland's calling Toronto, like, Hey, what will it take to get, Oh, gee, what would it take to get Pascal? Maybe we have some discussions about you potentially selling. And now mm-hmm. Toronto's actually making the opposite conversation of like, maybe we bought your best player. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I, I think, it, look, the Raptors front office, if you ask them, they really value flexibility. So they kind of, it's not that they don't have an overall vision, but I think that they're less beholden to one specific idea and they're more open to what opportunities come from it. I'm not even saying I agree or disagree with that. To be honest, that kind of does sound like they're just kind of like going which whatever way. Uh, but this is one of the benefits, I suppose, of having a roster of flexibility, you know, because you can kind of go either direction um, pivot wise. But yeah, it, it is quite funny that, you know, again, literally you know, what, two months ago, three months ago, Portland's trying to buy Toronto's best players. And now we're having the opposite conversation. But I mean, I, I also think that that's not too surprising. I mean, like Masai's entire tenure, he has never tanked. Like, going back to Denver, he's just never tanked. Um, and I, I think that the one year they tanked was Tampa, and there were such extraordinary circumstances with them playing there due to the pandemic that, you know, it was easy to throw mm-hmm. in the towel. And, and, you know, Fred was – or Kyle was moving on and all that kind of stuff. So it made sense. Um, and they came out of it with Scotty. And, you know, I think Masai even gleefully talked about that a couple of years ago, how even when we lose, we didn't lose kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 
I mean, this is this is just their mo. They they like to be flexible. They like to keep all the options on the table. I mean, Pascal's extension is still not done. OG's extension is if if there is one, is still not done. Gary Trent at the outside of free agency when he opted into his contract. Um, the immediate report was that the Raptors are going to extend him. I mean, it's been months. Uh, there's no movement on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Precious Achua is up for an extension. His that's not done. You know, so <laughs> this is what they do. They like to keep their options open. And, and mm-hmm. listen, if the options keeping them open means that you get into a Damian Lillard conversation, then I totally understand why you keep it open. You know what I mean? And so maybe this whole situation is going to get resolved first before everyone else gets uh, gets their bag. These are all good points. And I, I I just don't know if Damian Lillard, age 33, is the player you move all in on yeah, when this is your core. Man. Like it this just, ain't no, this is not Kawhi. Like, let's yeah. be honest. This is not Kawhi Leonard. That's it. And and I just, I keep thinking about it and going, okay, so Dame, Schroeder, Barnes, Siakam, Pirtle. Dame, Schroeder, Barnes, Siakam, Pirtle. And I go, that I don't know how smoothly all of that fits together. And part of me goes, okay, let's also remember that Damian Lillard's teams have done what exactly over the course of his tenure in the NBA? And yes, whatever, Rockets teams and Warriors teams and a deep Western conference, a difficult West. He gets some reprieve on those things. I just, I don't know if, I don't know if we're going to see the better version of Damian Lillard at age 33, age 34, age 35. I also wonder if the Raptors are not competitive this year, right? Like let's say the Raptors are not, I shouldn't say not competitive because they're going to win games. There's no doubt about that. But if the okay. Raptors are clearly in a, in a tier down with this group, what happens the following offseason if Damian Lillard plays ball for one? Like, he's clearly doing this to win a championship. And if he's doing this to Portland right now, he's clearly going to do it to, to Toronto a year later. And then what? You're stuck in this situation. It just feels like it feels like well, a lot of point, risk. You could, you could recoup a couple of things. You know yeah, you mean? could. You could recoup things. But look at this trade right now. He wants to go to one spot, and it's Miami. Yeah. And why That's would fair. that change a year from now, right? And then all of a sudden, if you're Toronto, you're looking at it and saying, well, where are we going to move this guy to? Like, what are we going to be able to get back? Are we going to recoup the value? I think that you're not as all in as some people are making the scene because you do get to recoup the value on that player potentially. And then if you do decide to move off of Siakam, right, or even a Pirtle, you would bring back assets if you really did want to tank and go with the full yeah. rebuild. But it's just, it's, it is risky when a team like Toronto, where draft picks matter more here, I've always said that. And I think that it's undeniably true that all of a sudden you've got a lot of picks floating out there that are potentially unprotected that are your own. No, that's completely fair. And that is one of the things that this front office has consistently done well is draft well and develop well. And mm-hmm. so, you know, not controlling that is, is, a, is, a, is a bigger cost to Toronto relatively than it is to like Miami, for example. Like Miami rarely drafts their own guys and develops them. And if they do, they do a good job. But a lot of times they end up moving them in these deals for star players. So like they're, they're very comfortable dumping whatever they got left to try to get Dame. Um, but I mean, I also think that like for Toronto, it's like, all right, like what, how else are we going to get that star? Like, unless we're going to draft a player mm-hmm. who's going to be as good as Damian Lillard or even on that level. And we're talking about a level where we need to get, probably get a player better than Dame Lillard. If we're going to contend, like we, if we're either going to, we either commit to like tanking and like really going like into the dark for like five years and, uh, coming out of that with some chance of some guy who is something close to that good, or we go in the other direction, which is what history has really done with the Raptors, which they draft guys, they 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 you know improve their value, and then when the right time comes, they trade for the, the right star, you know, and that's those are only two paths for the Raptors, and so if it's not Dame, then maybe we're saving what we got left for the next guy that comes available, you know, like we were in on Kevin Durant, I suppose last year, that one was a lot harder to trade for just based mm-hmm. on contracts. Dame this year, who knows what's happening next year. Obviously, Giannis is probably coming up in the horizon. 
Um, you know, you could see Luca eventually, maybe if, mm-hmm. if he ever decides to go in that direction. So you're just going to have a, a series of these sort of off ramps, you know what I mean? And, and this one right now with Dame is, you know, I mean, listen, again, if I agree with you, like if, 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 if it's OG, some of those forwards that you stick in there and then Grady, I don't see why that deal isn't done. Yeah, and I'd gotta, be a little disappointed in my side if you didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to do that. Past that, you know, it's it's a lot trickier. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I just it's it's weird for me, a guy who has I'll just be honest, been a bit of a Gary Trent Jr. hater throughout his mm. tenure as a Raptor. Right. That now he's like a real sticking point for me in a Damian Lillard trade. <laughs> like I mean, I, you, just, you, you need guard depth. Right? Yeah, like, you do. I just our guards yeah, if we don't have exactly him. You don't even have a shooting guard if you don't. Have yeah, him, that's so. that's exactly right. Although there is a part of me that, and this is a sick part of me. This is a sick, sick, sick part of me that. Who has yeah. like? Re- I've gone back to the Malachi Flynnwell so many times. And no man, I, what no. Are here, you doing? just hear me out. Just hear me out on one thing. No. So I on. was listening. Who was I listening to? Someone was talking about. Oh, I was. I was. Uh, I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast because he had on Austin Rivers. And Rivers was talking yeah. about opportunity in the NBA and how difficult it is. And I, I've never liked yes, Austin sir. Rivers. No, but here's the thing. And Austin Rivers is a very different player in the sense that, he, you know, he was a go-to scorer at Duke. But he brought up when he goes to New Orleans and he starts his career and how he's finally starting to get to rest and he gets hurt. And then they bring in Drew Holiday and some other guards in front of him and he can't find minutes. And then it, all it made me think of was Malachi Flynn. I went, you know what? This guy was a scorer in the NBA. And he was, oh, you missed one shot and he's on the bench. Now Nick Nurse is yeah. gone. I was just, there was a part. I'm just saying... That it's a I sick, sympathize, man. It's a sick part I, I of me, but I, I just, I still have a little tiny bit of Malachi Flynn stock somewhere tucked away. That if it, if it goes off, I, I'm gonna pull out. Uh, I'm gonna be like that guy who threw out the Bitcoin in the garbage dump, who's just mining it constantly, trying to find yeah. that billion dollars worth of Bitcoin that he threw away. That, that will be me with Malachi Flynn. I, I think that you're calling him an NFT. You're yeah, calling Malachi he's, Flynn an NFT yeah, right he's, now. Right, he's, cool. a, right. he's a zombie or whatever the things are that are. Yeah, is it a zombie? Yeah, sure, yeah. a, anyway, Jobo's, the young guy's looking at me like, that's not an NFT. I'm like, damn it. I think I blew it. I think I screwed that up. I think that what we're coming to here, though, is Dame or no Dame. The Raptors are just, the, the crossroads that they're at has never been clear with this offseason. It's like they have to pick a direction at this point. Like going into the season now with this group, and just saying, we're keeping OG, we're keeping Pascal, we're keeping this thing together now sans Fred, it, it doesn't, it's feeling less and less realistic. And, and really it does center around what's the decision with OG. Because yeah, I, you're right. You're going to have to pay him eventually. And you got to maximize what he is as an asset to your organization because you obviously you can't let him walk for free. And I don't think that you can afford to pay him that. And so doesn't so much of this just come down to, hey, what, what, are, what else are you doing with him? Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. Um, and, and listen, like there is that opportunity where you continue to roll this thing forward. You do extend Pascal, you do extend OG. I mean, listen, you can afford to do it. It sure. probably puts you close to the luxury tax, uh, especially with Scotty Barnes, who's also going to get a rookie max or well, rookie max. We'll see, but like you know, a big rookie extension at least. Not much we know mm-hmm. starting as soon as next year. So it's like, uh, I mean, you know. Maybe then you just roll this problem over next year. Maybe you have more value to trade these players if they're on guaranteed deals. But you doing all those like, shows? You're two hours now. I know you got Blake and Alex in studio with you. You doing well, those shows two hours a day? Yeah, the roll the rollover yeah, season? 
yeah, you know, we're gonna have a we're we're gonna have two hour shows, but you know, the second hour might be a lot of NBA talk. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, mean I, I like the whole I like the whole yeah, sport. It's you know, good. So. Thank God, because yeah, if you're just a Raptors fan, you, get, you might be a fan of the sport now. You might have a you get know, me Dame. Yeah, Masai, I'll, get I'll, me Dame, so we have better content, please. <laughs> my God. Yeah, uh, this is how I felt about the Leafs off season. Where I was like, just please make a trade, make some kind of like an interesting trade, so that I can not do the same Leafs talk and watch the exact same team every single night. Yeah, uh, content creation. Uh, at least is real. the Leafs have like. Three or four like guaranteed stars locked in. Sure. You know? Not not that I'm equipped to have a Leafs conversation mm-hmm. at all, but you yeah, know, it sounded you pretty know, good. That's a good, star players. That's a good start. Yeah, that's a good start. Yeah, yeah. Raptors might have a couple star players too. I I, I would be very. One, I, I was making the case that Portland should trade for Siakam for a very long time because I really liked yeah. the idea of Siakam and sure. Dame. It just feels like such a good pairing. I just remain unconvinced about the rest of the roster, and I'm really, really worried about what the fir- the future first-round picks would be. And, yeah, what the depth of the organization looks like if you start plucking out those players and how you're going to replace them. Because then, yeah, like I said, then you really do need to believe in things like um, – Otto Porter Jr. is going to stay healthy and McDaniels is going to have an impact and Precious is going to take mm. a step forward and Coloco is going to take a step forward. And, uh, it's possible. Like, yeah, I mean, sure. Again, the these yeah. are these are possible things. It just it feels like a lot of ifs for a team that would be very, very thin, not a lot of depth. Come yeah. playoff time, that seems like less of an issue, but getting through a regular season, um, it does. And then I think about them stacking up against a fully healthy uh, Celtics team, a fully healthy Bucks team, and I still wonder, hmm, is is that going to be enough? Then there is also that Giannis piece where if you really do feel like you would have a realistic shot at getting into those sweepstakes, should he become available, or that another year of you turning some of these guys into other assets that would work for Milwaukee, right? Like to step back, to mm-hmm. take a step forward, and then doing it a year later, that, that to me has to at least be considered by Masai Ujiri. I would have to think that if you make this move, the quote-unquote all-in move, that you know yeah. definitively you won't be in on the Giannis sweepstakes. Mo, most likely no. Most likely no. And that, that's, again, where you got to be really, really careful because you got to choose which one of these guys to push for. But you also might end up with none of them, let's be honest. You yeah, know what I mean? And, and also, if we trade for Giannis, like, first off, there's part of me I'm like, is Milwaukee even ever going to trade Giannis? Because, like, what can they possibly trade Giannis for that's, like, even anything close to what value? I might just ride it out with him. You know, it's like, you know, this situation is so so damn good. Mm-hmm. I might just ride it out because we're never going to get another player as good as him. And he's not going to not play and pout and sit it out, like, right? Like, he's not a... Yeah. Yeah, that's a zero. If you had to pick, like, one guy in the NBA that you said there's no chance he's going to sit out a season over a contract yeah. dispute, it would probably be Giannis and in the superstar category. Yeah, exactly, right? So, I mean, yeah, I think the more concerning thing for me is just like, okay, if you're going to go into the star trading, like trading for stars business, Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that your player development business is really there to sustain the bottom end because Mm -hmm. that's what we had when we traded for Kawhi. We had, uh, you know, the likes of Fred, Pascal, Norm, OG. These guys were ready to step up into bigger roles once that opportunity was presented to them and, and the Raptors took those guys with lower end draft picks undrafted in the case of Fred second round picks in the case of Norm those undrafted second round picks you know late first like that's been like Malachi Flynn that's been like Christian Coloco that's been like um I don't even know who they've signed on draft like Marquise Noel like are those the same level of guys that the Raptors have been able to get in the past to sustain where okay yes you you make a trade and you lose a lot of your top end talent and maybe you got to lose like three rotation players for one great one mm. but you have other guys to step up into that and right now i don't actually have that much confidence in the lower end guys that you would need to sustain a project like this cuz again like if we knew that these guys were really yeah. great prospects but they're hidden and they could step up 
then you make this trade with much more confidence, but yeah. you don't necessarily have that right now. That's, that's part of the Miami gambit here is one is they're not. Yeah. Oh, really they just anything. got a guy. That's it. It's like, they're not <laughs> yeah. worried about losing players because they feel as though they're going to be able to replenish some of them. And that, and sure, again, yeah. for them, their trade would be a complete no brainer. They're like, first round picks don't mean anything to us. We're going to trade for stars or we're going to be able to like attract them to this market. Um, we still have the tax and the weather and the city advantages that Toronto doesn't have. And yeah, frankly, we would be giving up a Kyle Lowry contract that nobody in the NBA wants and a Tyler hero that, yeah, whatever. Plus a Jovic and picks. That's, that's a, that's the no brainer deal of all no brainer deals. That's why Portland's mm-hmm. in the position that they're in right now. Okay. Before you go, yeah, I just so. want to do one thought exercise that I had in all of this, which right. was, okay. So I saw, did you see Kurt Heelan's tweet yesterday of pro no, basketball talk? Say? He said, quote, um, Scotty Barnes wasn't taken off the table. He was never in the same room as the table, end quote. Mm, okay. So Nice. Yeah, it's, an, it's a very, <laughs> you know, it's a nice quote. It's a flowery language, good stuff from Kurt. And Raptors fans, still very defensive. And, of course, young player can develop. OG, we already brought up the contract. Like, this, is, this isn't a league where it's just the, the one thing is considered. It, it's a lot of different things. That said, if you are making this trade, doesn't it make a little bit more sense to try and keep OG considering he's more of a win-now player that would fit around Damian Lillard more cleanly and more clearly than Scotty Barnes? Like, is there any part of you where if they said, hey, you can keep Grady Dick and you can keep more of your first-round picks, maybe we'll take one future first. But essentially, this deal is going to be bad contracts that you decide to throw at us and Scotty Barnes. And now maybe you're giving up the Gary Trent Jr. thing. Like, do you consider that here? Or is that just, or this just should be a no brainer? Like, no, 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 it's OG and, you know, whatever. Who cares about the other stuff? This, this is about you need to keep Scotty Barnes. Like, essentially, if it's a one for one, doesn't it make more sense for winning now for the Raptors? No, no. Fit wise, I think it's cleaner. I mean, I think that it's been pretty clear that Dame has wanted to play with OG in the past, too. Uh-huh. So that's another guy that you would keep around that would really fit with what he wants to to do and what his ideal play style is. Defensively, um, he's already one of the best in the league, if not the best individual defender in the league, in my opinion, an OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also a really, really damn good corner three-point shooter, and you're going to need those guys. Like if, if you're talking about a kick out to OG or a kick out to Scotty, a kick out to OG, you know what I mean? Um, I think... Where yeah. my hesitation comes on this is really just a contract. So the, yeah. you, you commit to it, then you're you're paying OG the max, and you commit you giving Pascal the money, and you're saying, "Hey, listen, I know you guys are all both, you know, bump back down a peg because we brought in a star like Dame, who's going to have a lot of touches. Um, he's going to deserve those, but we're going to keep you happy with these max contracts, and we're going to go out and compete. You're instantly in the luxury tax, mm-hmm. um, and I mean that's not as much of my concern. Like that's that's more of like you know for I suppose yeah, ownership to, to deal with, but like. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a case to be made there. But I also think that, like, the higher upside play, like, I think Scotty needs, like, one thing to break for him. And I do believe in his development. He needs, like, one thing to break for him to be better than OG. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yes, currently as players, uh, OG is more useful in terms of a playoff setting. I don't think there's that much of a doubt. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know, let's say you give OG the max. Like, how many players of OG's profile on recent championship teams have you seen earn the max? You know what I mean? Like, I would suppose Wiggins. I mm-hmm. think that was the closest one. With the Warriors, but like when the 2019 Raptors, we didn't have a three and D guy making the max. Mm-hmm. You know, the 2018 Warriors, the 2017 Warriors, they didn't have three and D guy making the max. 
um you know when you think back to the Cavs, they didn't they didn't have that you know what i mean like that i would argue player, clay is a three and d guy but yeah but like a super sized no, version man, of that. come on what clay was is doing is way different than like yeah like honestly yeah, yeah. i just mean to think about those one, attributes sure okay that's fair but like clay does so many other things offensively yep. like og doesn't actually bring play creation to his game mm-hmm. which i think that's the one of the concerns i have with them even something like the playing game right i mean we're all like so mad about the playing game it, it was such a like silly way and a fitting honestly i've i've completely blacked it out of my memory all i remember is the right. rosen and that's it and i'm like i have no idea if you t- if you quiz me or like what happened in that game i'd be like we missed yeah. free throws that's it all that's right. all i can remember all right i'll fill you in then right no, so no. second half <laughs> uh, zach levine and, and demar Rosen, they're just going off and they, yes. they, they're scoring at will yeah. where's yeah. the defender to stop those guys yeah. Yeah. right on the wing it's og right and then offensively, who is the guy that's going to, you know, give back some of that, at least to, to match offensively? I think mm-hmm. OG went like four of 13 in that game and didn't stop under the two stars. You know what I mean? Like ultimately at a, at a certain point when you get to that level, it's like you can kind of get away with committing some of your like a, sh- a smaller salary to a 3D guy and hoping that pans out versus giving the guaranteed money to the guaranteed stars and letting them carry you in those big moments. Yeah. You know what uh... I mean? And so. That for me, I'm like, look, I understand. Like right now, OG absolutely is a cleaner fit with this current group, but I think you gotta believe in Scotty at least a little bit. Where it's like, if the ball handling breaks from him, he's a better player than OG Anobi. If the shooting comes around for him, he's a better player than OG Anobi. So, and I believe in at least one of those skills breaking for Scotty Barnes in the near future. Plus, you have guarantee over him in the sense that you, you know, you have to. Uh, I mean, he goes into restricted free agency mm-hmm. um, instead of you know unrestricted. So. Age, that fact is in a little bit for me too. Yeah. Not uh, to hate on OG. I feel like I'm being, I'm no, being an not, OG hater. I really, that's really not, appreciate OG. That's not a hate. That's not hate at all. That's just, this is, this is why I brought it up though, is because I think that you could look at it and say, hey, is there a case for OG? This is, I, I just want to cover this yeah, from yeah, every no, single angle. Sure. But oh, I agree with you. This is, here's the other part of it is I don't think you want Dame having to carry your offense for the course of the entire season. If you're trying to make it a little bit of the Kawhi model here, right? You're trying to be a contender. You're going to yeah. have to have nights where you look at Scotty Barnes in year three and say, hey, man, you're, you're the offense now. Like, we're running things through you. You are creating. We're trying to get you to your spots. We're trying to get those two feet in the paint for those little, you know, baby hook push shots that you like to do. And we're, yeah, we're trying to open you up as a scorer. I think that Barnes, like at this point with OG, I know he's 25 years old. I know he can shoot the ball. I know he can have the odd night where he gets hot. But I, I just, I'm done believing that he is going to be an isolation creator in this league, which is the most valuable thing. Like that's what you're talking about with that playoff game or play-in game, whatever we're calling it, yeah, yeah. against Chicago is like ultimately this is an offensive league. Like that is what's going to matter more. And I think Barnes yeah. has the much higher offensive ceiling. Plus, if I think if the focus can return and improve the intensity that we were kind of promise coming out of Florida State that he can be maybe not as good of a defender as OG Ananobi, but I think that he can get closer to that that end of the floor than I think OG can get to Scotty Barnes' ultimate ceiling as an offensive player. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think you keep I think you keep Scotty, even if it might end up dinging you in the very first year. Anyway. All right. So I guess where we came to on this was you trade him if it's you trade for him if it's OG Grady Dick and maybe salary filler. You don't trade if it involves multiple firsts and meaningful bench pieces like Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, 
right. And and also, like, how how realistic is it actually? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, we, 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 tr- we talk about fake trades all the time, but yeah. this is I would say it's like at, at most fifty fifty, like at, at very most. That's you know, pretty so. good though, because I would say I would have gone lower than that. Like, I feel if you're fifty fifty, yeah, I, I would too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because to, yeah. to to be, I didn't want to bring up this part of it, but now we're here because yeah. I, like I don't want this to be in any way taken as I don't believe the depth of reporters right now in the league. Right. No, like this is, this is, these are the top reporters in the NBA who are all basically saying that there's real smoke here and that this thing could absolutely happen. But all I would say is if I was Miami and, or Portland, right. Or sorry, more so Portland. And I was trying to really press Miami or press the rest of the team. I would pick the team that always has the most quiet front office and never lets anything leak so that there's no refuting evidence from that camp. And also the executive that's known for taking massive swings at stars. If I had to pick one team to say, these guys are getting serious and they are becoming the favorites in this trade. And when you're trying to push a timeline to move a player before training camp, that's all, that's all I would say. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And Ah. it does benefit Portland incredibly to put all this noise out there about Toronto. Yeah, ex- that's it. Yeah. That's all. I just, yeah, yeah I don't yeah, think that this it. is Toronto. I don't think this is a Raptors camp immediately. Everyone going like, hey guys, we really want Dame. We'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> we just, that's just never been our MO. It no, really isn't. I don't think so. Anyway, man, uh, congrats on the extra hour on the show. Um, oh, thank you. Thank I, you. I really can't wait to listen. Uh, you guys getting back. I loved the the pod that you dropped yesterday, looking at it from the Portland standpoint. Like I thought it was very good pod and yeah, man, thanks for the time today. I appreciate it. I appreciate you anytime. See you pal. Uh, there he goes. Will Lou host of the Raptor show now with Will Lou, Blake and Alex Wong. And yeah, it's going to two hours. So subscribe to that podcast. And I do think that there will be a lot more NBA for those guys this year. I think that it's going to be essentially Raptors and a national NBA show, which is fun. Anything. Okay. Uh, is there anything that I missed from that conversation with Will? Is there anything that you guys have like Armin, my fake big basketball guy who like, again, doesn't know rotation players on championship winning teams, thinks that Darius Garland has less value than Dame. Um, any, any, anything that wasn't covered here. I think you guys did a pretty good job of covering every All angle, right. to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I just, it's like, it's, it's a decision's got to, we got to know what direction we're going in regardless. And like, that's kind of, you guys hammered that home. So that's, yeah. yeah. That was good. All right. Quick break. Let's come back, see if you can come up with any more questions. All right. I didn't realize how long we went with Will. We'll do some podcast only today. Subscribe to the podcast. By the way, Spotify had an issue yesterday. For those of you listening on Spotify, I'm sorry. But it was them. Before it was Harmon, and then it was Spotify. <laughs> and now I'm just in a complete... Yeah, I'm, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm beside myself. It's the tech. My guy, the text, Devang. The tech's killing us. My guy, Devang. I call him today just to be like, hey, man, are we good? Like, is everything going to be cool today? He was like, should be. And I, he just sounded wiped because poor guy had to grind all day yesterday trying to work with Spotify. So please, Spotify, don't do this to my guy, Devang. Anyway, let's talk more on the podcast. Subscribe and review. All right. Podcast only portion of the show. Armin says it's good to go. We're praying. 50-50 shot at best. Okay, so I just want to wrap up thoughts on the Dame trade. Um, I I think it was pretty clear there, but I actually entered today thinking I just don't want the Raptors to be in on the Damian Lillard trade. But after talking about it with Will, the the thing I keep coming back to is 
if you are truly being offered Tyler Hero, Jovic, and what? Let's say a bunch of pick swaps and three firsts. Because I think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Is that better than OG, Grady Dick, some contracts, which are actually a little bit more useful than Kyle Lowry at this at this point of his career, right? Like at least if you're bringing on a Chris Boucher, okay, you know you can you can talk yourself into him being a guy went to Oregon, by the way. Mm-hmm. Nice. They want okay. him, you know, like sure. they just take on. Hey, you know what? Maybe if you're them, you say. Give us Malachi Flynn too, actually. Also a Pacific Northwest guy, right? Give us the. He just needs a shot. <laughs> yeah, he just needs it. But he just needs a chance. And then, and then, the I, I truly the issue I have with this if you're the Raptors giving up future unprotected first round picks, I just don't think you can do that for Damian Lillard for a guy who's going to be 33 and yeah, will seems pretty, you know, he's very much in the camp of, I'm not worried about the injuries because there was the surgery that cleaned things up. I, I'm sorry. I don't care if a guy played 82 games when he was 22 and 23 years old. Like the, the fact of the matter is yes. And there was a pandemic season in there, but yeah, it's two straight seasons where he hasn't played over 60 games. You need him to play games. You need a lot from Damian Lillard right now, mm-hmm. but the big part of this is to me is, is what he said about OG is it's time to, you know, crap or get off the pot mm. with OG and Anobi. You don't have a choice anymore with him about what you're going to do. This is now becoming a guy who's a declining asset where you're at the beginning of the season. And how many times does Masai Ujiri need to learn this lesson? Because he did it with Fred Van Vliet yeah. where they didn't extend him before the year. And yeah. then they went into the season, they rolled the dice and they thought the team was going to be good. And he left for nothing. Mm-hmm. They did it with Kyle Lowry. They took him into the season. They didn't trade him at the deadline. And then they end up just getting precious Achua and a bad contract for him, which everyone for a minute was like, what a trade. And now we're like, Oh, actually looking back on that bit of a mishandling to tell you the truth. They did it with Norm Powell, who they turned into Gary Trent jr. Which you can say is it's not a lateral move. Norm Powell is a better player than Gary Trent jr. And Mm -hmm. yes, he got paid more money, but Gary Trent jr. Got a contract immediately after. And it was a short contract and Norm Powell loved it here and wanted to be here. Anyway, I just, I, I don't view that as like a winning trade that was, Oh, that paid off at the deadline. I think that when we Masai Ujiri clearly does not really love to work under deadlines. That mm-hmm. to me is becoming apparent yeah. that him and his front office, a group that loves flexibility, a group that really loves to win a trade and make a big splash. Doesn't want to do it under duress. And mm-hmm. when they have to do it under duress, things don't really pan out for them. And so, it feels like you're just running out of options of things to do that. They really don't like the Atlanta package and yeah. that Atlanta is not budging and improving it for Siakam. And then they're looking around with OG and who's, you know, what's, what's the, for, what's the organization now that's trying to make the big OG and an OB splashy trade. I'm not sure. Like we haven't really seen any reporting on that recently. So no. maybe, you know, we talked to an insider this week about what that would look like or whether that would be plausible. I feel like it, it could be, mm-hmm. I don't know if Armin's trying to talk to me. He's like looking at me. He's talking. <laughs> He's talking to guys down the line, talking down the board, just distracting me during this brilliant thought. Either way, it's like the core idea of trading OG for Dame is really solid. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is rock solid. It is wonderful, beautiful, amazing, whatever you want to say about it. It just, it makes way too much sense. Mm-hmm. 
I was excited to watch Grady Dick, but if you're telling me like the difference between losing OG and Anobi and acquiring Damian Lillard is Grady Dick, I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah, right. care. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? For sure. Like, hey, I was excited to see a, a goodbye. Best of luck. Yeah. <laughs> I actually watched one G League run where it was Grady Dick trying to throw a dunk down, a lob down mm. from Gary Trent Jr. And he couldn't do it. And I went, uh, yeah, yeah, this guy sucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just come kidding. on. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just teasing. I'm joking around. <laughs> Anyway, you're not um, a big fan of his TikToks. <laughs> I don't think you can trade Gary Trent Jr. in this deal. I, I'm just being realistic here. Is like you're if you're trading for Damian Lillard, you're trading to try to win a championship. Yeah, you're not middle grounding it, right? Like, and it's just you do not have the guard depth when you remove Gary Trent from this team. Mm-hmm. Like genuinely, all of a sudden you could have Marquise Noel as your backup point. It's just like I can't, I can't have that. Yeah. You need Gary Trent Jr. to stay with the Raptors, but he's the most obvious contract that you would want to move. But no, you have to try to make them take Thad Young and Chris Boucher. Both of those guys with Grady Dick and OG and Anobi and straight up do the four for one and maybe get them to throw you back some player that they don't give a crap about yeah. so that you have just like a little bit more depth maybe. But at this point, that's where you go. You know what? We have Yakupertal, we have Pascal Siakam, we have Scotty Barnes. Those guys can all be like front court ish players. Yeah. We need a step forward season from Precious Achua. We need a step forward season from Christian Coloco. And we're hoping that McDaniels can provide something in the front court too. We're yeah. okay there. And maybe Otto Porter Jr. stays healthy. All of a sudden you're looking at that and you say, All right, you keep Gary Trent. You have Gary Trent, Dennis Schroeder, Damian Lillard, Scotty Barnes, Precious Ma- Achua, Pascal Siakam, <laughs> Jakob Pertle. Auto Porter, and McDaniels maybe. and Porter like that. All of a sudden it's, you can kind of at a nine man rotation. That's like, yeah, guys like that's, who can play. Th- those are players. Or, yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of a team. Yeah. You're doing it. But mm-hmm. weirdly enough, it's like you remove Gary Trent jr. In this trade, someone who I, again, I cannot believe I'm saying this because I would have <laughs> traded Gary Trent jr. Last year for a song. <laughs> yeah. You're all in. eh? <laughs> but, but again, it just no, doesn't, no. it just doesn't it make makes, sense. No, no, it's like, course, what are course. you trying to build? That's right. Yeah. What are you trying to build here? Because a Dennis Schroeder as a starter and with Damian Lillard as your backcourt with you remove Gary Trent jr. From that. And mm-hmm. it's like, so Malachi Flynn is your backup. Like yeah. your one injury to those two older guys away from Malachi Flynn, meaningful minutes and Marquis Noel. It's just, Who's your shooting guard? What What is the position? Like, okay, so Scotty Barnes can play point guard. Some of you guys are going to say, mm-hmm. who's shooting the ball then? Yeah. Like, it just, it's, they need to keep Gary Trent Jr. in this trade for it to make sense for them as yeah. contenders moving forward. The problem is the picks. I yeah. just, as much as I look at Miami and say, yeah, they're not going to do that trade. There's still something about being a general manager where you get to say, if you're Portland's, we did get back three first round picks from mm-hmm. Miami. And we did get back a bunch of pick swaps if things should go wrong with a Jimmy Butler or Dame. You know, one of those two guys get hurt. They end up having a bad season. We end up having a pick swap. Who knows a, a few years from now? Yeah. And I think if you're the Raptors, you don't have your first round pick this year. You have to lift the protection again. That's not a big deal. It would have been a bigger deal if they would have said had the top 15, like a lottery protection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't. I think it's top five or top three top on Yucca Pirtle. Yeah. Top six? Per, the the Pirtle trade is top six. Top six, great. It's like <laughs> they better not be a bottom six team this yeah. year. You got bigger problems, right? If... <laughs> that's a that's a tough one. That's also what makes it, by the way, a little tougher for these guys. I, I don't think that they would ever admit it. But when we're talking about Siakam trades and their need to just dominate that move, mm-hmm. that the sell move is that whew, if you end up trading a pick that 
somehow finds its way to land in that top six. And it was for Jakob Pertl in a year where you lost a play-in game and then you had to pay him big time $20 million. Mm. That that could go that genuinely goes down as like Vladi Divax for Kobe. That's a horror you know, show. Like, that's an absolute That's how those show. things happen. So yeah. that's a that's a a nightmare. Uh, that's the top of the nightmare tree. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there there's a way that this thing could get done that I'm down for it, but realistically, I don't think I am. Realistically, I just don't think that moving multiple future first round picks and swaps, which I, this is, that's just how I feel it's going to have to be for this thing, even yeah. with OG and Grady Dick. Yeah. There that, would have to be a bunch for but sure. But That's what I'm saying. The math of that, of what you could turn OG and Anobi into, which is potentially three first round picks. The fact that you have a lottery pick in Grady Dick mm-hmm. and then adding two to three firsts or swaps to me, that, that math ain't math. And for Damian Lillard to the point where I'm looking at the Raptors and saying, Okay, well, are they a surefire contender? No, I, I just don't think they are. I think that they would be a very good team in the Eastern Conference. It's a yeah. it's a lull year with not a lot of good teams, but am I absolutely unequivocally positive that that Raptors team is going to be better than Cleveland, Boston, Milwaukee? No. No, I'm just not. I'm not sure that they're the one of the best three teams in the Eastern Conference. I can't do it. I can't. I cannot do it. It can't be the direction for me. It's still... Mm-hmm has been feeling for a while now, like the direction that they need to take is to step back, especially given that they're adamant about Scotty Barnes. Yeah. If you're that adamant about Scotty Barnes, where you're going, he's not even in the same room as the table as Kurt Heelan put it. Well, then you got to have your answer that he's your nucleus moving forward. Like he's the guy that you're building around. Yeah. So if you're not going to pay OG trade OG, if you're not going to pay Siakam trade Siakam and get all those assets so that potentially, potentially, a year from now, if that growth does happen, if you do hit on a couple of these players, if you do give room for young guys to grow, and Milwaukee does decide that they want to take a bunch of stuff back, that all of a sudden you as the Raptors can go, you know what? Mm-hmm. We are going to try to get in on the Giannis sweepstakes, and we are going to try to do this with younger players now who have shown more, and all of the assets that we've brought in for the likes of from the likes of those other two players. Now... I just think that you're in a better position for a star that might fit a timeline a little bit better or who might still be in their prime of primes rather than a guy who would be 33 years old. Yeah. And it needs to be mentioned who doesn't want to be in Toronto. Nope. He wants to be in Miami. He wants to be in Florida. So if it goes one bad year, you might end up having a flip off of him, and you're back to where you started. It's way better for the content. I understand what Will's saying. It's undeniable that if you could do essentially a deal around Grady Dick and OG and OB for player for player for uh, for Damian Lillard, it feels yeah. like one of the trades of the century, but you got to be realistic about what this is going to be and what else it's going to add and whether or not the Raptors are going to win and how this drastically impacts their future. And so where I'm at today mm-hmm. is where I think the trade will be. I am in the anti trading for Damian Lillard camp. If it's in the fantasy land where we never end up here, which is really looking at it through the lens of Raptors, fans, media, whatever our hopeful brains, which is a first round, a future first round pick, some filler ca- salaries, Grady Dick and OG Ananobi, then yes, it's a no brainer. I just, I just don't think it's going to be that anyway. Hmm. Um, what amount of like picks and pick swaps do you cap? Like you, cause you'll have to attach something, right? But you just don't want it. The whole like superstar mortgage, the <laughs> full the future problem. deal, right? Like, yeah. So what I would do is you can't trade your, you would have to be a pick swap mm-hmm. the following year. Yep. Right. So you would have to be giving up an unprotected first round pick the following year. Yeah. So you would clearly give them a pick swap for next year. 
right? And then the and then the first and, and then, then the first, first round pick. That's the that's where you're capping it. But that's the bare minimum that you 100%. could give. Yep. Like that's truly the bare 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 minimum. Yep. And, and it probably even isn't that, gonna yeah. Even that when you're a Raptors fan, you go, okay, so you're potential. You're not a guaranteed top three team in the East. You're not going to control your lottery pick for three or your first round pick for three seasons. Three years, yeah. It's bold, man. And you got to actually consider it four because you'd be giving up, uh, you'd be giving up Grady Dick. Yeah. So really you have to say that's four years in a row without a first round pick. And, and I think actually will misunderstood me a little bit when I was talking about, Hey, it matters more to the Raptors. I wasn't talking about like player development and the fact that they've hit on guys. Cause that's, that's been part, that's been true for some, right? For for sure, like they have developed some guys mm-hmm. better. Like that was a calling card. It hasn't been lately, and so I'm no, not. But it was for that. Yeah. No, the main reason is is that Toronto is never signing a free agent here. We've gone over this a million yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. Like we're not yeah. getting free agents to the city in the NBA. Maybe 20 years from now, you know, like when some of these like areas like Phoenix is uninhabitable. <laughs> like the suns are literally the surface of the sun, and, and they Los go. Los Angeles is underwater. Yeah, like, yeah, we can't have Florida this anymore. In Toronto, Toronto. Toronto. Okay, you know what? We can live here. This is it. But it's safe. It's high. But ground. as of right now, it's not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. While Masai Ujiri is going to be general manager, they have the best exe- one of the best executives, most affable executives, world class city. They had mm. a championship caliber team. They're still not bringing guys here. Like they're not able yeah, to do it. Very reputable organization. Yeah, and... they couldn't even get a meeting with Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. He had to, Messiah had to camp out in a hotel lobby just to talk to him for five minutes. Like they're not a free agent destination and it is harder to trade for guys here because they're like, eh, I don't know. This isn't really where so I, I didn't want to come here at first either. That's what I'm saying. So it just, to me, there's way too many variables here for it to really make sense. It just, it feels a little forced. Mm. It feels a little forced from the standpoint of, well, we got to pick a direction and we can't have the same thing as the year from now. And so why not Damien? Why not? And part of me goes, yeah, screw it. Why not? Because what else are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. But that's not a great direction for a franchise. Of, it's not great reasoning. Well, you know what? You can't get great, good enough stuff for the other guys, so you might as yeah. well go this way. Anyway, I'm done with it. Um, all right. What's, uh, what did we miss? Quickly, the all-time nightmare oh. is, is just running it back and getting to the trade deadline and having all the talk be, well, the Raptors control <laughs> the discussions at the trade deadline again. No, it can't be that. God, that because would be you can't... an absolute nightmare. I would yeah. hide in my room. Oh, my even, God. It would be so leave. bad. Holy. Anyway, um, Elliot Friedman. Thinks mm-hmm. it's time for the Leafs to change the, uh, the their goal song. You know, for the last couple of years, it's been Hollow Notes, You Make My did Dreams. Did he come say true. he thinks it's time to change it? Oh, yeah, or? he did. During, he sh- during he the first did. intermission. He also then said that No, he, no, but, but he wasn't reporting that they're no, no, looking he at said, it? No, he no, said, he said, I'm a big Hollow Notes guy, but we got we to gotta move on. Okay, so there's, I, I will say this. There is some buzz. That they're actually going to do that it. That they're changing yes, it. Yes, 100%. But there was some buzz a year ago that they were going to exactly. change it. So this is a three-part question for you. Yeah. Number one, Hall and Oates, overrated, underrated, properly rated. That song ruined just, just forever. No, just Hall and Oates the... in general as, oh. a, as a band. Yeah, it's, they're fine. I, love, I like them. I love Hall and Oates. Yeah, you. Would, Sarah yeah. Smile. Yeah. You want to <laughs> okay. talk about them for five minutes? <laughs> oh. uh, number two. I don't two, really have like a strong Hall and Oates opinion. I got to say. Okay. Like when you're Subway and home. Yeah. Toss right. on. Toss on a couple songs. All right. Text uh, me later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> FaceTime me. <laughs> Question two. I told you guys I'm in the middle of a Battle of Britain pod that I'm really Oh, yeah. Okay. So after you figure out who won the Battle of Britain, you uh, toss on some hollow notes. Uh-huh. Uh, question number two. Do you think they should change it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hate the Hollow Notes song. I've always hated it. It sucks. It's not it's their a, best song. It's a good. Not even close. No, but here's the thing. It's the song was fine. Sure. Mm. Like I never every time I heard that song, I was like, oh, it's kind of a bop. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a bop. Gets the stadium going. You no, know? no, no, not in the stadium. You're talking the about the song. Oh, yeah, yeah. The song itself. 
I'm t- I, I, I gotta take things away from you. Um, I thought I you were referring nah. to in the stadium because you're like, oh, it's a song. Song is a bop. Is a bop. I never had an opinion on it. It was just one of those things that came on. And I was like, uh, now, now I hate it. It's like yeah. it's used in some commercials, and I hear it. it's like you know those commercial that commercial is the iPhone alarm. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and you always hey, don't do that. Yeah, real greasy move by the way. That's how I feel with the Hall and Oates song now, where I hear it and go, yeah, don't, it's full PTSD. Please don't do it. Please don't do that. It's just, it's just not a good stadium song. Yeah. I think I've gone over this. I went over this last year, mm-hmm. but to me, you got to have something that like really puts some energy in the building that has a little bit of, you know, yeah. F you to it. Well, so this brings us to question number three mm. of the oh, three part wow. question. What's the, what's your perfect, what's your pick for the goal song? So I personally, like I, I always loved Darude Sandstorm, but you sure. think that was like, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. like it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's a great, but it's, 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 uh, you can't do it. I think that I would go with like something, something like really, truly heavy metal. Wow. Like mm. something, you know, like some like Metallica, something mm. like that. Metallica a little played out, whatever, but He's Iron Maid. So something, okay. something you want that's heavy like, rock. You want heavy yes, guitars. Something heavy. Big that's, drums. This is the problem I had with the Hall and Oates song is the, can we just be real here? The Leafs have had a pretty soft team. Over it the doesn't. Show. Yes. And it's yeah. like, you make about dreams yeah. come true. And they're like high-fiving. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're wearing the beaver jerseys. And I'm like, can we just have one thing? That's nice not. Goal. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. Can we have a tough thing? Yeah. Get a little bit of toughness in there. Something. Is there Some, a, is there a a song shot. that immediately like came to your P- mind Pantera. when you were yeah, mm. yeah that that would be actually walk by Pantera like that's what I'm talking about okay Everybody's give me head banging in the stands yes give me something like that my okay. pick is just run back jock jams remember no, jock jams you can't have, no it's too Come corny on, you can't let's go that's what I'm saying Pump we got, up the jam. We gotta get rid. <laughs> Imagine if they just had two, like Metallica. Hit the lights, bam, 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 bam. That's what I'm saying. They need something like that. Give me this job. We'll figure yeah, it out. Some I'll put together a playlist. Want and some grit in the goal song. I'm not even like a Metallica guy. All right. I, I, I listen. I love Master of Puppets. I love Kill 'Em All. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it's there's not a lot there for me. Okay. I I love a little thrash metal. Okay. You can't do this on the pod, unfortunately. Copyright. Yeah, I know, copyright, but yeah, but that's okay. We didn't play enough. You can just leave that. But it's, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, Armin. I have to I watch know, the same I... thing for our YouTube videos whenever we do the intro. But th- that's what I'm saying, though, is like, yeah. get some <laughs> badass music yeah. going. some sandpaper. Yes. Yeah. Usher in the Tyler Bertuzzi era with some we Metallica. We need to get rid of <laughs> it's all Bieber, Teddy Bears, Bieber. <laughs> Hall and Oates. It's a lot of that. Yeah, it is Kids Night. Too much. It's just we need a little bit more of Kids you aren't know, even allowed anymore. We need, a, <laughs> need a little bit of rock of sock em, you know? So if they do switch it this year and they decide to go with a Drake song, what's going to no, be your first no, reaction? No, no, <laughs> no. It's a Toronto team. I just said what I wanted. That's no, my I reaction. I know that's what you wanted. But Drake, Drake is, you'd be completely out on Drake no is hip-hop beaver. <laughs> like, yeah, I like Drake. Point. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. love Drake. All right? I like a lot of Drake songs. Yeah. Drake has gotten me through, you know, <laughs> summer 2016, Drake views. Yeah. That's... That's like a where were Fire you when desire. just the entire album, like I, it's there. Yeah, it's on the pantheon of like where I was, what album I had that summer. It's like yeah. I have a few of those. 
Mm. Like Sufjan Stevens, Chicago, yeah, Chicago, Illinois, wow, yeah. Illinois. Like I can put myself to the summer where I got that album. Yeah. You know, that is one of them. Views is one of them. All respect to Drake. No disrespect <laughs> to Drake, but come on, you yeah. know, can't be the gold song. No, no. You know that Drake meme where it's embarrassing. <laughs> That's what it would be. Oh, if it's, the, the video with him and Lil Yachty. <laughs> can't have Drake. Got to get, get some tough guy stuff. I was and they won't do it. This morning, I was they won't do it. They yeah. won't do it. They won't do it. No. But yeah. Really? They won't do it? You really like, No, they won't do it. No, it'll be, no, it'll be something, it'll be something they cheesy. No, it'll be something they cheesy. They might change it, but it'll be something cheesy. <laughs> Jump in the fire! Like, do that! <laughs> do that! It's so easy. <laughs> Literally, Metallica, Kill em All, is like the whole thing should be just every team fighting over the goal songs from the, that Metallica album, really. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever, I can't wait to listen to that on the way home. Screw your hollow notes. I'm no, definitely listen to Phantom on. Lord. Sarah, smile. I mean, yeah. different vibes, but no. it's a great tune. Simon? Anyway, yeah, they got to change the goal song. They needed to change it a long time ago, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think that the DJ stuff with the Leafs, to be honest, like the fact that they were talking about it where Reeves already had a quote on the DJ stuff, I was like, does it every other team talk about the DJ as much as the Leafs do? I feel no, like this is the number probably one. Definitely not. Yeah. But this actually matters. <laughs> <laughs> this, I know it does. This this it needs does. to change. This this needs to change. That attitude. song is attached to no, so much so, pain. No, well, oh, it's God. also like here's here's the other part of it too. Is like there was that we had the 2015 the Jays did the more than a feeling thing mm, yeah. or hooked on a feeling. Sorry, hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. And everyone loved it that year because the, the team was the bomb and it was the best time in Bombs my life high. to go down yeah. to a baseball stadium. Yeah. I'm going down tonight, by the way, I, nice. I, I said I would never return. <laughs> yeah. I'm returning. It's uh, two weeks after yeah, you no. said, I am swearing off this no, team. I, I love it. <laughs> I, I was sickness. I was the sickness. I, was deep. I got a sports sickness. I don't tell people. You I don't apologize. Addicted. I'm addicted to Dunked going to, the, to games last week. and uh, yeah. Um, they tried to run it back hooked on a feeling in mm-hmm. 2016 and it just wasn't the same and it sucked and it felt corny and it felt cheesy. And it was like, I, I think that you should just have a, unless you have an iconic goal song, then you should switch it up more. Yeah, often, more iconic frequently. goal song with some success actually attached. Well, to like it Chicago too. eventually moved on, right? They had Chelsea dagger for all those cup runs. And then mm. they, did they move on? I thought, yeah, I thought they, they still, still run it back. Cause that's lame. Now that they're really, ter- I think so. Like they, the, as soon as you I get bad, know. a lot that's... of those guys move on. You're just like you're clinging on to success from no, like but a decade ago. No, but, but you remember the Oilers, a... Oregon First of all, one? That's not yet a decade, all right? They won okay. in 2015. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, ages. it's 2023. 20, it's yeah, the years. It's anyway, not, it's not uh, ages. the the Hartford Whalers, Oregon one, whatever that one's called. Yeah, that one's sick. No, there's there's a yeah, they do. They still use it. No, I I'm I'm down with that. But I just googled it and says. Is it time to move off of Chelsea Dagger? Yes. No. <laughs> Strong that was the yes. First, that was the first article I saw as well. Vehemently, Is yes. It time to move on. Anyway. Um, all right. What's next? All right. So Hollywood, the tentative writer's Hollywood. strike was finally <laughs> agreed. That n- Nothing has been actually officially signed yet, but there are now some reports coming out about mm-hmm. some shows that are starting back up. And one Thank of the God. reports that came out was... I love shows. Greg Daniels reportedly named as a producer for a reboot of The Office. It hasn't been confirmed by NBC or Daniels himself. Mm-hmm. However, there's some credible news behind it. What do you think about shows coming back? And would you be happy to see The Office come back for a reboot? No, it's insane. Um, mm-hmm. there's, I agree. It's way too soon for The Office to be rebooted. Yeah. And it's the worst possible time to reboot it, which is the era of hypersensitivity. Yeah. 
100%. So it's like a combination of awful things. Like, do we have a problem with people who stream The Office over and over and over again? Like, do we really think, I I cannot imagine being the type of person who would think like, hey, I want to take on the role that Ricky Gervais Mm -hmm. (laughs) and why am I blanking on the actor's name of Michael Scott? Steve Carell. Carell. Those two, yeah, that Steve Carell and Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais invented. Like, these two guys are still alive. These two guys could still do those roles. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the new, like, who are you who would do such a thing? Yeah. It would be a crime for them to do that. Mm-hmm. There's so many problems with this. No, First off, like, not everything needs a friggin' reboot. No. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Some, things some things can just do, exist just... in their own thing and be good and, like, that can be, but the other no, thing. No, but eventually, someday, even, like, The Godfather is going to be rebooted. No, I know, like, but it, that's it, what I mean. It's like, there, someday, we don't need to do it. No, but we do at some point. Let because things, at some let point, things the, be. No, at some point, The Godfather is going to be 200 years old and they're going to go, yo, let's remake this. Mm-hmm. And it, it will make sense to do it. Like yeah. it just will. It will make sense know. to the do it. The office will be remade eventually. Yeah, I just, just don't think it should be. The show I ending twenty years. Some shows and some movies can just be like because like what we're just gonna in thirty years do the office and then in thirty more years do the office and then the office will just be done but six times kind of yeah. until yeah. we're all dead and well, this world is burnt like, to a crisp. Like, I'm trying to think about what shows because like movies for sure. Just do Cheers. Yeah, Mo- movies. Actually, I would like more, that because um, I never really got into Cheers, and it's too. Frasier is coming back with him, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the only way they could bring Dude, back that's like, so Michael funny Scott though to me is like Carell. these guys. They're all. I'm an actor, and I pride myself on acting. Yeah. And they're like, Until a sack of they're, money they're comes like, <laughs> they're like, hey, uh, Kelsey Grammer, can you make a bunch of shows? Can you do a bunch of movies? It's like I can't tell you one thing that that guy's done yeah. since Frasier. And they're like, oh, baby, I hear the fries are calling or whatever. It's like, yes, it's yeah, yeah, he's like, I'm back, baby. I'm back to the show. I like, yeah, you. what the money? Like, yeah. It's like, um, but what has Kelsey Grammer done? Pull up his IMDb. But actually. the other problem with the Office reboot, because you were saying like it's not the right time for it. The other problem is that like. A lot of people. Kelsey Grammer. Sorry, didn't no, I just okay. looked at this. Like, <laughs> uh, the first thing that came up was 2011 to 2012, a show called Boss. And I was like, there yeah, that's one year. To... Anyway, sorry. What were you saying? No, I was just saying, like, you were saying, like, uh, it's not the right time. The other no, part is not. that, like, a lot of people aren't working in offices. A lot of people are still working remotely. A lot of offices are closing. Yeah, so no, it's just it's like the most bizarre time to do it. The office and again, from home. <laughs> it's all we bad. We don't need it. No, we really don't. We really don't need the office reboot. The only way that they could ever pull it off is if they bring like the whole cast back and that's never going to No, happen. but even then, it's like, again, those people, it's like they, they've already... The office was done. It's yeah. we did it. It's good. It ended it's with great. the wedding. Yeah, it's, it's over. Fine. They'd have to rewrite Michael's character. Like he'd have no, to be a completely yes. different personality because yes, like a lot of although okay, like it would just in, be... in the article itself. Like Daniels was talking to Collider last year, and he mentioned that there there are some characters that do want to come back, and he said it would be like a, almost like a spinoff show with like new characters coming in and like old yeah. storylines picking up. So that's kind of like the vibe. That it no, I couldn't I'm be out. more yeah. out. I could not be more yeah. out. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Just don't make it. Wrong time. Wrong show. Just let us watch the reboots that we're all watching anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know? I like, agree. Let us or re- wait like 30 more years before bringing back yeah, the office. Something like that. Even it's, only been, it's only been 10 years. Don't do it. Yeah. All right. What's next? <laughs> Simon's completely against it. Okay. Yeah. So I get what Simon's saying. I'm just, I, I like, I know that this is inevitable now given where content is at, where we're just, just doing reboots, Marvel movies. Holy. Oh. And there's just, there's such a desire for streaming and television oh, shows yeah. that it just, you're going to have so many reboots. and There's like no and, new ideas. No. There are no new ideas. Mm. It's killer. 
no new ideas. Yeah, everything's just this. Uh, just do that again. You know I'll what? Just I, do that th- thing that was successful again. I was gonna say do the Exorcist no, movie I, again. I I was like, no, I just watched something awesome. But again, it was history. It was I finally got around to seeing All Quiet on the Western Front, and it was awesome. Such, oh, yeah. such yeah, a, it was good like a really awesome movie. It was a really movies? awesome movie. Bangers. Yeah, I know that. But that one was. I actually put it off because I didn't realize. I thought it was another World War Two movie. No. And then it was like yeah. a World War One yeah. movie. From the trench, other side. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's not really the other side. It, well. Joe. <laughs> She's like, yeah. the first Nazis, then no, World War One Nazis. Is that how that yeah, one works? You pick up a book. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make the movie about, like, the evil German. Yeah, anyway, go on, I know, go on. I'm well aware. I watched it. Um, the other side. He says, yeah, okay. I mean, if it's a bit yeah, dramatic. Right. Anyway. Undisputed yesterday, Keyshawn Johnson was on talking about the Colorado-Oregon game from the weekend, and he said... He had a conversation with some people that are in the coaching fraternity was a term that he used and quote, they know some people that coach at Oregon, man, I've never heard from another assistant coach of how much information was being given to that staff about game planning against Colorado. So mm-hmm. they Oregon could beat them. Are you buying into the fact that other coaches are conspiring to beat Colorado or is this maybe a little exaggerated? What's, what's your first reaction to hearing that? Do you think that they needed the other coaches <laughs> to just, beat you by 40? This is the exact 42 thing. to 6 is the final score, <laughs> oh by the way. Oh, my God. Dude, 42 just, to 6. It's like a day after Dion is like, we're not, or a weekend after he's like, I'm not fighting for clicks. He releases the Travis Hunter thing, which was like beyond unnecessary. Yeah. He was like, I'm not Travis no wanted to play. <laughs> and I said, you're going to be better than me. And he reads his text out loud you. in front of everyone. Yeah. Like, and here's my part of it. Because if it was really about Travis, he would have just been like, he wrote that. He's got that dog. I obviously told him I love him. He's not playing, but he reads his part of the thing. And you're mm-hmm. like, all right. <laughs> like, I'm already, I'm starting to be out on Dion. Uh, if really? You can't tell, yeah, I'm starting. It's, this is starting to, it's like, yeah. bother me a little bit. And like, again, it turns into a race baiting issue, which it always is, where it's like, people are like, anyway, it's awful. I hate it. It's, it's so, yeah. all, every part of it sucks. Here's the thing. If Keyshawn provides the receipts, then it should be a big investigation because it calls into question the integrity of the sport. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a pretty flippant thing to throw out there. And if yeah. you're Oregon and you just got that big win mm-hmm. and it's not true, I would be pissed off. If I'm Oregon and, and it's like, I, I want Keyshawn to produce the receipts because you've just yeah. called into the integrity of our entire program. You just called into doubt the validity of our win, mm-hmm. and you have made the story again about Deion Sanders, not about your program. So I just I, I thought it was if Keyshawn Johnson has these ironclad receipts, if it's a hundred percent true, good for him. But if he doesn't, if this is like a I heard some coaches were like, This is what we would do, and like people want to keep Dion down. Yeah. People should be afraid of Deion Sanders as a recruiter because oh, yeah. he is, and they should be afraid of him as a coach. He is dead right when he's like, get me now, because eventually Deion Sanders is going to be massive. He is going to hit a recruiting class. He is going to have a team that is a contender. Mm-hmm. But this just seemed like petty. This yeah. seemed really petty. And this seemed like Keyshawn is friends with Deion and floated out almost a media favored Deion. I just, mm. yeah, on that show, it, <laughs> I, I don't like it. No, I'm going to be willing to say he probably doesn't have the receipts. But the first yeah. thing you said is the funny is the right thing of like what? Like the Washington and USC coaches needed to call in to be like, hey, run it up the middle for eight yards a clip. <laughs> no. I like, just, what are yeah. we talking about? This is how you At no point them. was this close. This game was just like to remind everyone 42 oh to 6 was God. the final anyway, score. What What's are we next? talking What's about? Next? 
So there is a contest. This is hilarious when I saw this yesterday. There's a contest in Montenegro called the Laziest Citizen Contest, where it started in 2001 to make fun of a stereotype that people from Montenegro were lazy, and they lay in a bed, and they have to stay horizontal for as long as they can. Up until 2021, you were not allowed to move. Couldn't go to the bathroom. You had to just stay this there. This is gross. Whoever lasted the <laughs> longest one, you get 1,000 euros. But then 2021. euros. Yeah. So 2021, they lifted right. that, and they, they have three daily meals. They're allowed a bathroom break every eight hours, 15-minute bathroom break. I want to know, J.D. I, as of this weekend, there's five people left. Could you last past the 30-day mark, which is what no. they're at right now? That 30-day day mark. Of course I couldn't last yeah. that. If if you could last that, go to jail. <laughs> I, 30 days is without, like, getting up. <laughs> I don't oh even know. Listen, I love... I love a day in bed. Yeah. I truly do. Mm-hmm. A one-off day in bed is phenomenal. Yeah. I think truly part of the reason why I, I like I drink is that you get a hangover day where you get to have like an adult sick day where you're like, mm, I can't get on the yeah. bed. Order some Uber Eats I'm and so, like, I yeah. need to rest. You can be gross intentionally. Yeah. But no, for real, the reason, you know when those days feel good? It's after you've accomplished something. After you've done something, if you've had a long week. Whatever. That's why, again, an, an adult sick day, being sick, having a day in bed is nice because you feel like you didn't, you know, you kind of earned it through mm-hmm. a sickness. Yeah. If you had an extremely long week at work or you went and you trip and you worked on the road and you did stuff and you get back and you sleep in one day, it's like, that feels great. Yeah. To do nothing after you've done something is great. To do nothing and then nothing again and then nothing again is depression. Yeah. Like, you're encouraging people to be depressed. This is awful. Like... No one's thing should be, I always just like to lay in bed all day. I'm sorry. I will never endorse that. If I had a kid and they were like, hey, this is my thing. I like being in bed all the time. I'd be like, yeah, that's the one thing you can't have. <laughs> like, this is not good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I vehemently, staunchly against a contest that glorifies people staying in bed all day for mm-hmm. multiple days in a row because I think that this is probably more of a problem than, Yeah. Not to mention how extremely I think a lot of people these days since physically. pandemic are laying around in bed all day. I think a lot of people who work from home are in their beds. I think that a lot of people are sleeping through the weekends. Like, no, I think it's a not good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I love I love my bed. All yeah. right. Got a great Tempur-Pedic. Got ah, expensive nice. pillows. Got a big, nice duvet. Subtle flex. Keep it room. <laughs> yeah, well, subtle flex? All right. The Tempur-Pedic? Okay. I got N pillows. Tempur-Pedic. Oh. Tempur-Pedic pillows, too. Must be nice. Oh, you got yeah. Tempur-Pedic pillows as well. Yeah. You've doubled up. Yeah. They were so expensive. I. It's funny. When I bought these <laughs> Tempur-Pedic pillows, I, like, went into a sleep country. I was, like, buying new ones, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I really want... I was like, I'm a tough sleeper. I was like, what are the best pillows? And this guy's like, here's this. And he's like, oh, wow. He's like, these are actually $100 off right now. And I was like, oh, my God, free pillows? <laughs> yeah, sign me up. Brings me the till. It was, like, still, like, $300 each. And I... I was too embarrassed to put them back. So each. Yeah, something like that. I think 250, oh, 300 each. <laughs> Car tires and pillows are the same price these days. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, so I bought these two, uh, like, unbelievably expensive pillows. Worth it? Never had a single regret a day in my life. <laughs> Best purchase, arguably, I've ever made. They're uh, phenomenal. Like, truly, if... Hey, Why are you still waking up once a night, then? Because I'm a bad sleeper. Mm. And I just have a lot on my mind because you guys don't do your jobs well. So I'm always thinking about what I have to do for you guys. 
Like, you know, it's just, it's uh, uh, Armin didn't podcast the podcast uh, again. Oh, he had put Buck Martinez's voice underneath it. Oh, he didn't book a guest. Oh, Joe, did he get the video clip? Did he pick the right one? Obviously not. Did he freeze frame my face the wrong way? Obviously. Yes. Did Simon watch sports or did he watch reality? Obviously, TV? obviously <laughs> not. Will Simon be able to carry a topic of conversation with me? Obviously not. Yeah, exactly. Will well, Maggie come back from his vacation and be the same? No. I, I lay awake at night thinking about uh, all of you. The world weighs heavy on JD. Yeah. To be fair, though, if he didn't have the Tempur-Pedic pillows, he'd wake yeah, up more exactly. than once. Exactly. So exactly. count your blessings. All right, what's next? I hate this story. I hate it. I thought it would be fun, and now I was, like, sad. It made me sad. <laughs> you, just, you just got sad immediately. Yeah, it's too much. All right, what's next? All right, so Pittsburgh Penguins training camp. There was a report that came from NHL.com. He was asked about uh, whether or not Connor McDavid could eclipse 170 points. This comes from Mike Zeisberger. And the quote... Sidney Crosby mm. said, I mean, I didn't think 150 was going to be in the cards for him, but he found a way to get there. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anything is out of the question for him as far as numbers are concerned. He just finds a way to find another level time and time again. So I would never bet against him. Do you think McDavid hits the 170 mark in the near future? Do you think he could ever get to 180, 190? I don't know. Hey, it's just, I think that this is Sidney Crosby just gassing up a Canadian player. This mm. is kind of a non-star to me. What's next? You're not into it at all, eh? No, I don't care. It was, I think predictions are lame as hell. Like, mm-hmm. I think that season predictions, like, if unless you're talking about gambling where you go, hey, I actually think you have an edge here. Like, yeah, you're not. I'm not interested in okay. Sidney Crosby going, I think McDavid's good and would score lots <laughs> of points. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. And yeah, like, true, what, what's 170 points to me? Like, you know, that's meaningless. That's a meaningless number in my mind. So, yeah. True. Uh, there, there's a, an article, GQ and Chris Evans, where he was asked about his life away from acting and the kind of the stuff he was getting into and taking less movie roles. And he said, I like autonomous. Oh, oh, my goodness. I can never read this word. I always mess up on it. <laughs> um, Chris Evans. I just like. No, to I don't s- want that. Do theme park. Do theme park. Yeah. I, yeah. Let's just do the theme park. Okay. Because you park. can't read. So let's have you do one that you can read. <laughs> Okay, Canada's Wonderland. Yeah, the Lumberjack Ride. Local. Yes, there we go. Now we're talking. Got stuck upside down. Yeah. And it was stuck upside down for 25 minutes before people were up, able to come oh. and bring it down. Two people received medical attention. They were en- ended up okay in the end. Lumberjack Ride being stuck upside down. You're suspended for 25 minutes. Like, how horrific would that be? All to- <laughs> like, That's your question. That's the topic. How <laughs> scary would it be to be trapped on a ride upside down? Very scary. Where would Joe? it rank among the all-time worst <laughs> things that could happen at a theme park? <laughs> oh Joe, oh Joe. Was this the bat, like the one that no, swings around? Yeah, it was. I was, was the lumberjack ride. It's the lumberjack oh, ride. It, it's the two big axes. I saw a picture of it of the people hanging upside down, and I felt sick for them. But mm-hmm. I will say this: I'm an adult man who's afraid of rides. You're not okay? a uh, roller not coaster a guy. roller coaster guy. You're probably too tall for the rides. I ha. Yeah, so I have had to like crouch down on whatever crouch Top Guns, down. whatever Top Guns called now, yeah, no. uh, and then like I was terrified the whole time because I thought my feet were gonna clang off the things yeah, underneath. Yeah. So then I was like, yeah, it was a, it was a bad one. Now <laughs> okay. I don't lie about my height in terms of roller coasters. Yeah, okay, in everyday good, life. Good, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, that's you're the tall. only L you've taken <laughs> okay. with the height. <laughs> I, w- I would just <laughs> like to tall. say, I would just like to say that my whole life I've been shamed for who I am. You know, they always say end the stigma and I agree, but end the stigma against people who are afraid of roller coasters because I, I, my whole life I've hated them and I've always been dragged by a family member or a friend or somebody to an amusement park, you know, once every couple of summers mm-hmm. and the X, whatever I, I, I'm always going and I hate it. I hate it so much. And now at the X, you can't even just go and play the games because they're all so expensive that 
you can play a couple and then you're like, yeah, I don't want to spend uh, $200 on ring toss a couple. Like you, now you get two basketball shots. Yeah. They don't even give you three, get three baseballs <laughs> for like $15, something stupid. It's just, it's outrageous. If you're going to take a date, you can do one. You got to win a bear for your girl. That's the thing. You try to do Ferris wheel. You wait in the line for three hours because I don't want to get the fast pass because I don't want to do all the other rides. You know what I saw too at the X? Polar Express, there was an injury. Polar Express, that was the one thing I had. The one ride that I was like, all right, I'll go on the, the loop-de-loop thing that doesn't go very fast. And oh, it goes backwards. And we're off the ride. Now that thing hurts somebody. I'm done. I'm retiring. I would like to officially announce my retirement from peer pressure on rides. I'm never doing a ride again. I hate rides. I've hated them my whole life. I'm, you know, in my mid thirties now, this is over. I won't, I won't be shamed anymore. Yes. I'm afraid of them. Okay. I'm afraid of hanging upside down. There is no upside to me of doing a ride of being fearful the entire time than being sick just so I can get some sweet, delicious funnel cake that I overpay for later. That could ever, you know, here's, here's the thing. If I got, if I had a friend. And they were like, come to Wonder's Land. And I was like, how about I'm afraid? I don't really like rides. And they were like, come on, come on. Using all the words that work on guys to get them to do yeah. stuff when they're afraid. <laughs> yeah. Which we will not repeat come on. on this podcast. And then I go and I get stuck upside down on Lumberjack. Yeah, for 25 minutes, by the I way. I would never talk to that person again. It's like the only thing, like one time when I was in high school, after I broke up with my girlfriend, my best friend made out with my ex. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow, that's a sentence. Hardcore oh makeout. Wow. That's a like sentence. Like a hardcore high school makeout. All right. Oh, yeah. Armin just laughing. There were gropes. <laughs> of course right? there were. It's there high were gropes. School. Exactly. <laughs> there were gropes. There was tongue. Okay, this is her. It happened a long it it's happened painful. a long time. I didn't talk to this friend for a long time after. And friendship was obviously never the same. It was my best friend. Hurt. A Middle lot. of the cafeteria at a no, house party. It was in a, it was a, yeah, they it was a house party. They hung out one night after a party or something like that. Did like, you see with your old like they did it? No, no, no. I heard about it. He confessed it to me. Wow. She confessed it to me. They both confessed it to me. <laughs> Separately. Yeah. They double the confessed. Double confession. <laughs> they double confessed. And nothing, They're rarely seen. Because they were like, confession. we're never doing this again. We're really sorry. Blah blah blah. Like he was my best friend. She and I were still like friendly with one another. And like, yeah, anyway. It was a tough time. It was a very tough time. And I didn't speak with him for four months. And even after that, like I said, the friendship was never the same. You bring me to Wonderland and a ride gets stuck and it's worse than what Shane did to me. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. I knew you were going to drop the name. I was like, don't yeah. drop the Govy this time. <laughs> don't drop the Govy. Lots of Shanes out there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And also, we don't you know should have one. to wear that shame. You should have to wear that shame. Yeah. shame it's like, shame. yeah, like, you know. That's should, a tough thing to do to your bro. Be taken that's into the public square and you should be stripped and then shaved <laughs> and then, yeah. Okay. No, that's insane wow. to, do, to do to your best friend. No, that's, that's crazy. a that's an all-time bro code violation. Yeah. The number one thing that you can't do. Bro, and by the way, and girl code. Yeah. I think that. Oh, for sure. That I think girls that do that too is like, that's an all-time. Yeah. Any friend who hooks up with an ex's. Yeah. Uh, X. If you're or, even close uh, to being close with someone, and you, like that's criminal. No, yeah, criminal offense, straight to jail. And you just can never trust that person again. Even the 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 only way that it ever works out is if like they even get married, and it's like even then you're like, I don't think that my suffering was worth your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I get no. married. I have still a won't bring family. a date to your wedding because I don't know. What? I still won't bring a date to your wedding just because I don't feel comfortable bringing women around you anymore. You Why know. 
Oh, no, okay. Yeah, yeah, per yeah. the guy. Oh, I, I, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Like, well, JD, I'm, I'm not like, bringing a day yeah, to your like, wedding. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, no, no. That's a, <laughs> that's a friendship ender. That's yeah. always bringing people to amusement parks that don't want to go. So anyways, those of you that are with me, stand up for yourselves, all right? Ignore the, stig- the, the stigma. We, will, we yeah. will persevere, all right? We will get through this together. Together we are strong. Together we are one. No, I'm with you. Those of us rides. that hate rides. I hate rides. I love rides. It's They're, just not worth being that's like That's fine. I don't shame the people who no, love rides. To me. I know. I'm with Simon. The I problem think, is for non-riders that they're going to bring this up for the next 30 years. Anytime you yeah. even bring up the oh, combo. Yeah. Sure. As we should, though. Yeah. Tis all right. <laughs> Wonderland's been pretty good. I don't, haven't seen much of this from Wonderland. I oh, love Wonderland. But the carnies, like, all the time. Excuse yeah, me? that's what I'm saying. It's love just, Wonderland. Yeah, this is the other thing, too, is you go to these, the, these fairs. It's like, get on the Gravitron. I'm like, who put that together? <laughs> yeah. This, who, this quick, was a go, field. Hey, if they, you know what? With those rides, they should make the people who assembled them and are looking after them stand in front of the, li- the ride and go, this is our ride. <laughs> and you're like, next. Again, please. Community <laughs> rides? Like just people yeah. from the community just building them and tossing them in the field? No, come on. Come on. It's like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do rides anymore. It's done. I'm done having a heart attack. I, I'm, done, I'm done seeing pictures of me with my eyes stapled shut and my knuckles white. I would pay to bar. see a picture of you like going down the thing at the roller coaster. Just, have you done the drop zone? I've done every single ride okay. at Wonderland up until the last, I think I haven't been in four years. Mm. So whatever's there from four years on. No, dude, this is what I'm saying. I'm someone who always, like, come on, you have to do it. And then all your friends are going. And so what am I going to do? Just stand around the park and walk around and not do anything? Just like eat food. And the only prayer go. that I ever have when I go is that someone else doesn't really want to do the rides and I get to kind of <laughs> hang out with that person. Mm. But that never happens. It's always like, oh, well, maybe I'll just go on this ride. I don't want to be the... Did you ever take the Lumberjack or did you... I don't remember the Lumberjack. That's got to be newer, yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember the Lumberjack. It's like when the name was said, I was like, nope, I don't know that by name. But yeah, everything else... It looks like it opened April 2018. Everything else I've done. I've done... And dude, this is the thing too. Like I've done all of this stuff. I've done the fake bungee jumping thing, you know, the pull the cord and fly. Mm Mm-hmm. I, yeah, like I've done drop zone. I don't understand. I, I actually genuinely, I did drop zone as a kid and I was like, no, I'll never do this again. Yeah. Uh, because well, first of all, I can't imagine who would want that, that sensation, but some people <laughs> like it, I guess. Um, no, I've done, and I've done six flags. I haven't even just done wonderland. Like I've done multiple theme parks mm. and multiple rides and I have never once, not one time gotten off a ride and been like, Nice. I'll do that again. Except for like Thunder Run at, <laughs> you know, what's that? That's Wonderland. The one that just goes in the circle right, around yeah. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the mountain. <laughs> mountain Run, Thunder Run. What's that one? It's just like a circle and you're like, nice. That was cool. That was good. No bumps. Just I a, went pretty fast, but I was yeah, in yeah. control. But we were in control. I felt good in this one. <laughs> I felt like I know where I was going. There's yeah. one called like the fly that goes really slow. It no, just the has those sharp turns. too. Really? No. <laughs> yes. The fly, you're in like a bucket. The fly is scary. It's like a rail. It's like a, what do you call it? Anyway, the fly is scary. They're all scary, man. There's the one, too, that's not supposed to be scary. It was used to be the old Scooby-Doo one. Essentially, it was like the ghost one. You no, know, the wood roller coaster. Oh, oh Mindbuster. Yeah, and and I, I hated that one. Mm. Anyway, I just hate them all. I hate them all. I hate them all. I don't want the bat, all of them. I, I hate them all. I hate them all. I haven't been in some time, and I don't plan on going. Yeah. Not a wreck yet. See, but he, when he I'm says it, you. though, I'm like, what a coward. You know, like, so I. <laughs> you guys I'm a can't hypocrite. turn on each other. No, non riders need to stick together. Here's the thing, though. I, it's like, I did my time You've to find it. out. You You've know, tried them. I'm like, have you even tr- like done any? 
Yeah, I've, like I've done a bunch of them. I just okay, hated yeah. them. All right, then I've fine. done a couple theme parks around when I was younger, right, but yeah, as long as you've tried, <laughs> I will say that like just seeing it and then not willing be willing to do it. I think no, that's, that's lame. lame. That's lame. I Having like, done like a, rides, and if yeah. you've done multiple, and you're like, no, I don't enjoy the sensation of this, then I'm like, yep, okay. Yeah, cool. the drop zone's the scariest thing I've. Ever, like, that's the scariest like sensation. Everybody, I've ever everybody felt. who does that stuff at the first is always afraid, and then you do it, and then you're like, some people are like, oh my god, that's actually yeah. now my favorite thing. Yeah. What are they called? Roller coaster people or coasties? Oh coasties? yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, like I had a... a driver instructor when I was like 16. I remember yeah. this so well. The first time he went and picked me up, he had like a roller coaster enthusiast sticker. That's so weird. In his car, <laughs> and so I got in the front seat. This is my. You know, my first driver's lesson ever. And he's yeah. like, hey, uh, you been on any good roller coasters lately? And I was like, oh, no. That was his first question, yes. right away? Yes. And then, and then, so, you know, we go wow. for like the half hour or whatever. So that's on he's Tuesday, on let's say. Yeah. Thursday is my second lesson. And so yeah. I get in the car and he goes, hey, you been on any good roller no coasters way. lately? And I was like, what? I don't know how to drive. Clearly, and we live in Kingston, Ontario. There's nothing here. There's no roller coasters here. What do you mean? In the two days since I last saw you, you're asking me if I've hit I up any know, sick dude, rides? I'd be worried. I would think that this guy had it a was severe weird. head injury, and it that was he's weird. not supposed to be in the car with you. Can you just like tell I like, just the picture same you, lesson over and over again. No, I just picture more that you're in the car and. You're starting the lesson, and he's like, "All right, now go on the highway." And then he just looks at you. He's like, "So, been on your good roller coasters lately?" You're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, we're in a parallel park yeah, right here. It was By so the way, weird. Uh, he, he like just keeps saying it. That's what I'm saying over and over the, and over again. So weird. Wait, no, so he, he said it more than twice. He said it like most times. I got in the car. That was his opening. Chit chat. Out of how many lessons? Like six? Oh, I don't know. How many lessons do you take back in the day? I, I think don't know. It's it was like, five or six. It was like 20 years ago. Yeah. You take usually 10 lessons. Yeah. So, you know, let's say 60% of them. Anyway. Oh my All right. Good. Uh, I can't wait to say that to you as a greeting now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually way. insane. <laughs> Seriously, if someone said that to you in your adult life, you're like, oh, okay. Hey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. This guy's not all there. <laughs> like, if that, if there's a, you've been on any good roller coasters lately and I'm not like at an amusement park. Yeah. Yeah. That's if you're at Wonderland, it's a crazy, different story. Crazy question. You're on Front so Street. Weird. Yeah, like, or you're planning on going to an amusement park. Like, you're like, ah, oh, you got any good roller coasters lately? Like, all right, every other situation is, <laughs> is like wildly inappropriate. Anyway, all right, let's wrap this up. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. Please go up on Spotify.